Well, I can tell you about this. The future says <laughs> you're going to hear Blossom this show. We're in off-season mode, and Fez came through in spades in the following way. He came with his virgin numbers over under win totals for next year, and I agreed with almost, I'd say, 25 of them. I made one bet against him. Scott, you made a bet against yep. him. And then Scott did an amazing job of coming up with an all-star NBA bet that we spent 10 minutes thinking about of a way to hedge and maybe make it especially good one. So a lot of good stuff in the show. We'll get straight to it. Let me tell you about our coupon this week. By the way, great response last week. The Super 10 did great. Hundreds and hundreds. Or I mean, actually looking at it more, uh, a lot of, a lot of um, interest. And the Fez thing sold. So uh, the the 12-monther. So this one's a low-commitment, easy one because we want people to experience the non-NFL stuff. The reality is we got some great college basketball guys, especially uh, good for this weekend, right, because of the NBA All-Star game. You know, there's bets there, but it's not the full card. Griffin Warner, who is a specialist, the only thing he does is college basketball, he's up 36 units this season. 36, he's up almost seven in the last week. We got Uncle Dave Essler, also known as Diamond Dave, when he's being a little more nefarious. He's up 12 units just in college basketball this season. And by the way, I want to talk about a hot, hot recently. Last seven days, Greg Shaker is up almost nine units just in those seven days. So here's the offer. At pregame.com, we do something that I know I didn't innovate this back when I was more involved in sales. This is the the you know, I'll say new team, but they've been there for years. A weekender. Now, what's a weekender? It's you get all access for the entire weekend. And usually that is like 79 bucks or whatever. And the theory is okay, if you're getting your picks Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, what would the daily package cost? All right, we discount a certain amount. But because the NBA is, uh, you know, mostly not in action, we've got this thing baby down for $25 you can get. And this is an exclusive offer to you guys. This is not generally available. But you can get the entire weekend from any pro your choice for $25. The way you do that is use the DREAM25 coupon code. So that's the code, all caps, DREAM, D-R-E-A-M, the number two, the number five, and then you put that into any weekender you want, and you're going to get it the net price of 25 bucks. Do the math. $7 or so on Friday, 7 on Saturday, 7 on Sunday adds up to what? 21 So a little bit more. And like 8 bucks a day for stuff that's going to cost like 25 or 30 if you bought it separately. You can pick any pro you want to get that. It's a great offer. Dream 25 if you're interested in checking out college basketball. And again... If you look at Gray or um, Griffin Warner, I was going to say Greg Warner. No, this guy's gr- – it's kind of funny. I always said, Scott, the idea of Dakota Prescott. If you, hear, if you heard new kids coming to school, I guess he's a quarterback. And you, well, what's his name? Dakota Prescott. Aren't you thinking he's coming in with a bow tie? He's probably got like royal blood. I mean, it's well, – Do you know what his real first name is? Dakota. No. What is Dakota's it? Dakota's his middle name. Oh my gosh, what is it? Rain. 
R A Y N E. Rain Dakota Prescott. You mean like he throws a lot of interceptions? And it ra- <laughs> I mean, so he had hippie parents, I'm guessing. Well, it's not rain like rain and 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 shine or rain and, what, and what sun. It? It's R A Y N E. R A. Oh, I thought it was going to be rain like a. King. No, it's like it's like Wayne no, I but with an R. I understand. After you spelled it, I got that part. <laughs> but but I thought it might be R E I G N, oh, like a reigning monarch. Yeah. That would have been even more <laughs> affluent and bougie. But maybe let's get back to the point I had for a second. I know that it reminded you of one of your points, but backing up a second, wouldn't Dakota Prescott make you think uh, he's in a country club? He, they're, that family. Absolutely. But Dak Prescott makes you think gritty. Yeah. It's all in a couple letters. Mm-hmm. Speaking of letters, D-R-A-M-E-25, coupon code. Go to pregame.com if you want to take advantage. Look around. You don't, you know, to go, you don't have to buy. You go look. And if you want to, you do. Dream 25. Enjoy the show. Post-Super Bowl, show number one. And I think last season was our best when it comes to from the end of the Super Bowl through the beginning of the season. not I mean, we had a great year with our picks, and A.J. heading it up there at 65%. A.J. out for, you know, I bust balls on him. I mean, it's loving, but, you know, he's this is something he had to take care of, family commitment that was, you know, serious and unavoidable. So no ball busting. He'll be back uh, m- Monday morning, right, for yep. SOVAM. I did SOVAM yesterday. All right, morning. And Fez, you're doing it coming up, right? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yes. So don't save your good stuff for that. <laughs> I, I, I can duplicate, right? <laughs> All right. So, what are we doing today? We're going to talk a little NBA. We're going to talk a little bit about the going or taking the ball or not. Because I, I actually think I've got it now on a list. I'm like, here's what matters. But the biggest thing we're doing, Fez went above and beyond to be candid. I saw him pull something out of a folder. I'm like, that looks freshly printed. Because usually his stuff is a yellowed. Mm-hmm. He's got like the quarterback ratings from 2021. But he's like, he a lot like, of loose papers. But, but he scratches through them and, mm-hmm. you know, he updates them, but he can't tell. Did I update? Do you have any system where you use pen one month and pen or pencil the next or anything? You know, that would make sense to <laughs> color code, you know, based the upon the, the week 16 or 18. Yeah. But no, but I said, that looks like white, right? <laughs> And it is his first in the world, as far as we know, over-under win totals from Fez. And he's going to let me bet into him. Foolish. Foolish. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about the terms on this. But let's just start right there. Beautiful. Steve Fezzik joins Scott Seidenberg. I'm R.J. Bell. Okay. Well, first, I want to get into something else. So when I was on this show yesterday with Scott and – Impromptu, I was looking at the NBA because I shift gears pretty strongly. I like the NBA because I like the 82 games, meaning as a better, I want more sample size. I like, like I did a re- I did research. How do teams do the last game before the All-Star break? Mm-hmm. Right? Because let's be candid. It's like the last day before spring vacation for kids in high school. It's like some people are focused. Some people are looking ahead to the vacation. Portland has already started their vacation a day, <laughs> a day early. Clearly. See, that happens. I, I always like extremes so mm-hmm. you can handicap them. And one thing I looked at was, oh, look, Golden State was playing 
back-to-back in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, wow, altitude in Utah. It's right before the break. They just lost to the Clippers. You know, what's it all going to mean? And as I dug into it, I discovered that they, in situations where both teams are back-to-back, Utah is too, it goes under pretty strong in the second half, mm-hmm. about five points. And it goes over for the game it, it pretty was, strongly uh, as well. Yeah. So I said, hey, I like the under in the second half the most. But you want, And he, actually, Scott brought it up on the show. Well, what about maybe playing over in the first and under in the second? I like, I like it. You, you could get scooped, but I think the odds of us scooping are better than that. Thus, it's an option. So you hear about it today. And somehow you have a criticism. So why don't you share it? And, and I want to talk it no, through. Not a criticism. criticism. <laughs> my, my recommendation, the, the problem is like when you play a second half under mm-hmm. pre-flop, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of market out there. All right. So okay. only a few books haven't. So what I recommended. Is it only a few books or is it they're not taking a lot of money? Uh, both. Okay. But for someone betting 200 bucks, which is a lot of money, let's mm-hmm. be candid. Most people bet like 50 bucks or less. Fair enough. But, but there are only a few books to even deal. Okay. The, second, the second half total. So what I, rec- what I mentioned to Scott, I said, I'm a firm believer. I like getting a little bit of a rogue number, a little bit of help. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I said, if everybody is dealing 120, for instance, across, I guess it was 122 and a half. 122 and a half was the pre-flop number. All right. So if, if only, if three books are dealing it and they're all dealing 122 and a half, I would be inclined to wait till halftime. But if one book dealt 122 and there was a 122 and a half and a 123, I would fire and go ahead and play the 123. I get Now I'm getting some help. All right. Now, this is a fascinating point. So let's break that down one at a time. And I agree with what you're saying. So what you're saying is this. If you can get a half a point, and by definition, it, whoever's offering it, that's the market. If you can get off market where two or the three are worse than you, that is uh, half the VIG right there. I think like 70% on a half, on maybe on 60%. On a total, it wouldn't be, though, but, right? but only a half. It's only a half. Yeah, that's what so, I'm saying. So I think I think like a half point for a game is worth five and a half cents. I think for a, for a half, just oh, for a okay. half, I think it's worth like six and a half, seven cents. Okay. So what we're saying. Don't know exactly. What we're saying is gaining that half means we're taking the bookie's edge and maybe more than cutting it I'm half. laying 104. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So that's important right mm-hmm. there. So whatever you think is going to happen between now and then, that probably trumps it. I agree with that. So if I'm Hit it, if I'm a 52% handicapper, not good enough to win, mm-hmm. but good enough to win lane 105. Which means if, like somewhere like uh, FanDuel said, and I had a, as you really, Fez is not jealous of much, but he's jealous that I had years and years with my Pittsburgh bookie when I was back there that would let me pick about every fifth game and he'd give me a half point. Wow. That was like my rebate. Right. I mean, it, it was NBA. It was only basketball. He wouldn't mess with that in football. But it'd be like, hey, Utah's laying four and a half. Malone seems tired. Give me a four. You know, and I don't think he said no hardly ever. Yeah. Right. So because what ended up happening was initially he thought he'd beat me, but I would I'd beat his brains in. And I think he was. In, but he only let me bet a nickel a game. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking at some point he figured out I'll just take this action mm-hmm. and then, bet. you know, lay off or bet more because. You know, it wasn't super advanced what I was doing, but it was for the time, which was looking at a real-time feed of the odds. You know, that's a great point that he probably had bookies and no other bookies. Oh, yeah. Everyone lays off. So he probably had, like, several other bookies that were doing exactly what he was doing, dealing the same numbers. So you you, you bet a nickel, and he bets 1,500 against. That's, he's not just laying off. He triples down. That's my sense. That's my sense. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say everyone lays off. Every, now, book, every but, bookie lays off. Now, in Nevada— 
it's pretty strict the regulations on that, right? I don't yep. think. I mean, how not allowed to? Not allowed. Okay. Yeah. Which why would they make that the case? Can't be betting. Can't you? You, you, you can't go both ways. It, it, it does make sense because you don't want a Nevada book like like a better to come in, mm-hmm. and then they go and and bet and they use that information from the they use a player's information okay. to make wagers. Listen, so conflict of interest. But, but, I ain't calling anybody out. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. As I've seen it be done. So, so don't name names, but give an example of what you saw. I've seen a, a multiple times various sportsbook employees mm-hmm. placing bets at other books. But, but they weren't doing it to lay off action that the no, book they're, 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 they're doing it as individuals. As which, individuals. Which, which that's not illicit. No. no. They're not allowed betting themselves at this the, uh, the place at of the employment. Pl- yeah, yeah, but they can go yes. somewhere else. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, what if, like, you know, if, I, if Fez comes in and lays some, puts, out, puts out a big amount on something, I'm like, kind of want a piece of that action. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm saying, Fez, what about if they said you can lay off enough to even your books – at, with another book, so let's say I'm lopsided fifty thousand uh, on the Steelers. If I want to bet fifty thousand, at let's say maybe there's you know how like banks have certain interest rates they charge only to themselves to each right, other. They might give they might give the minus one hundred five discount yeah, to each other. It, so now you can lock in the profit. That's or, a great point. Yeah. Up, or a minimum min, minimize your exposure because the books aren't afraid to take bets. They're afraid to be naked on one side. You know, and also like I'm, I I saw margin margin call mm-hmm. you know a, a little while right. ago and uh, and so okay. what do they call those swaps? Uh-huh. You know, it's like like oh we're we're heavy on 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 the Niners. Oh we're we're heavy on the Chiefs. Well let's just do a swap then. So you know? margin call the one where the guy helicopters in and um so you are, are you thinking of, so that was the one it was all set it's with, it was, it's with kevin spacey it's the one yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well you don't remember the helicopter scene when they're waiting for him to fly in and uh, uh, yeah okay oh what a movie that's one of my favorites. i still haven't seen it but i uh, it's one of my favorites it's on, it's on the list and it's on it, i'm afraid I, the I music's just about to stop <laughs> <laughs> exactly and and i mean to me it just shows you how even within that apparently that's um Oh, who's that based upon? It's a, that's supposedly based upon one of the big investment firms mm-hmm. that didn't go under, obviously didn't go under. But um, the guy that shows up and he says, "Explain it to me like you're a, I'm a small child." And and uh, Lehman Brothers. Uh, yeah, is that right? Okay, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still. I think they're still going. Right, Lehman. I think they merged with someone. Yeah, somebody was. I just found it on. Yeah. the web is like it's is great. margin call based on Lehman Brothers. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, I think. You're making a good point going back to the halftime stuff or the second half stuff in this case is even though there might only be three books up, I think they're, they're going to have tighter lines pre-flop, as you say, because I don't think many people have strong opinions about those. Yeah. So it's either mechanical or they're waiting for Chris to put it up or someone to put it up. Right. Chris Sports or, mm-hmm. you know, slash bookmaker or maybe uh, they're waiting for circuit to put it whatever they're waiting for. I don't think people are making too many like stands on second half of NBA games. Thus, it's going to be even a tighter line where at halftime, as people are betting, it seems like it's going to move much more. Yeah, and people might maybe even like with the live wagering, like they're like, oh, you know, we really have taken a ton of money on the over and and we need to, you know, go ahead and deal our number higher and discourage that. Whatever. You'll get disparity. One book will be 122. It's not unusual to get, you know, a full point different all the time on the second half totals. Especially. Is that cause a movement and that the others are just trailing because they haven't gotten that action? Or is that cause a different opinion? Different it's everything. Algorithm? Lower limits. All it takes is one player to come in and bet a dime on an over, and then the book will move. 
Now, does any of the books seem to peg themselves? Do, do any of those books at halftime move on air, do you think? Or are they mostly moving on action? Uh, I think I think that's a great question. I'm not sure yeah. because the limits are lower. Because in theory, if you, if, they, if you can move the market with that m- limited amount of money, if you knew who was following, you could bet a dime in one place and then get five times. Happens all the time, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. That... I see that in the college basketball market where, like, there'll be a situation where, I, like, I love over and it opens up 67. And then the first tick, like a bookmaker, and it goes down to 66. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. And then, boom, it's close to 68 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and actually, if you think about it, bookmaker doesn't mind that so much because at least they got the bat. It's all the people moving on there. Yeah. Um, Here's the time I don't like it. I don't like it if if the line is going to be much different if a certain circumstance happens. So let's say you like the under and you uh, let's say football because I'm a better handicapper and you really want there to be. Um, but you don't think it's about one team getting up real big and sitting on the ball. So if one team gets up real big and sitting on the ball, it can ruin your handicap because right. that, that line is going to be a lot lower and thus, I think, in a way, you gain information by waiting. But if the information goes against you, you might be losing a bet you would, or losing a number, I guess. I think and betting sides in the second half is fraught with risk, mm-hmm. depending upon what happens in the first half. Not so much totals. There's not. You bring up a great example, like the blowout. You know, we'll we'll get dealt lower. Um, like if you have a if you have a 14 point favorite and they're up 28 at half, you're going to see a, a totally cratered second half total. But on in terms of the sides, obviously, if one team's up 14, that's going to, and it was a pick 'em, then the team that's down 14 is going to be laying three and a half instead of being pick 'em second half. It, you're going to have wild swings on the side, not nearly as much on the totals. Betting second halves before the game on sides is almost like betting the first half implicitly. Yes. Right? Because if you, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So, um, it would have scooped, but you it only went with one. I only went with the second half under 122.5. It landed 122, so it, it, we, we got it by the half a point, but the first half flew over, and the game flew over. So we would have you know, scooped fact, everything. It's so funny because after I looked at this during the show, I came, went home and started studying it because it was curious, and I ended up loving the over in the game. Mm. So the fa- I'm so happy the second half went wow. under. Yeah, the, but the, the full game flew over. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So... I think there's a what I I'm gonna just tease ahead a little bit for a couple of weeks maybe even what I did a study on just since then is I said okay there's road trips right team plays a team team A then they play team B over the last ten years how many times has a team played uh, the Lakers then played the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. and how many times did they play you know traditional back to back but like, any combination yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like sort like there was one that only happened one time mm-hmm. right it, it, I think it was um, Dallas and the Lakers or something and I guess maybe there's enough teams in between right. it'd be impossible yeah so I, in the database I was able to you know get it up pretty quick. There are some fascinating numbers. That I used is, to that's talk about so interesting because there are like there are the common back-to-backs that happen all the time. I mean, the, the in just in New York, you, you know, you go from Knicks to the Nets or, you know, you go from Philly to Washington. In hockey, now with Seattle, it's like teams almost always play Seattle and Edmonton uh, or, excuse me, Seattle and Vancouver back-to-back. You know, it's very – It's like count- the surrounding cities. It's not obvious – if you play a back-to-back in L.A. on Friday and Saturday night, whether that's good or bad for you. you oh, well, we, we actually have, we yeah. have a system Mackenzie and I worked on, which was the idea of saying 
if you play one of the L.A. teams, then you have one day off mm-hmm. and you play the second one that in certain spots, they're in a bad spot. That's, and that's on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you're in a good spot. You're in the same hotel. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, you've you can been. It's trouble. L.A. It's yeah. LA. <laughs> you're in Malva. Or well, whatever. I thought this post-Super Bowl, it was I didn't look at the results, but I was thinking, all right, I, the Lakers didn't play because LeBron was here. If the Lakers played on Monday, I would have went oh, and paid them. Sense. But um, I was looking at the Clipper fading the Clippers, mm-hmm. figuring you know they're they're a party type team. Right. Mm-hmm. You know I don't know how they did on Monday. I, I think they had a game Monday if I remember. So on Monday in the NBA, we won. There was oh, there's a lot of games on Monday. Yeah, there was. A, I think the Clippers played. Uh, Clippers lost 121-100 to the Timberwolves. Yeah, see, at I home, mean, at home in LA, I think there's a lot of that in the NBA. I I agree. They're humans, man. It's I mean, Michael fo- Jordan was if Michael Jordan can go to casinos like during the NBA Finals. Imagine what happens during Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> but Jordan would go, you know, gamble in AC all night and then helicopter back to Madison Square Garden and still score 45 points. Well, he, he was would win. he was <laughs> he was God also. Yes. All right, so uh, let me just give you a little um, example here. So I was looking at if the Jazz are the first team, all right. And now who's the second team? Denver. Denver. All right. So like easy questions. So so well no, well we'll see. Um so these are the big matchups. Denver's happened 29 times. Um Portland 28, so Utah then Portland, then 25 for the Suns, 20 for the Kings, 20 for the Clippers. So all right, that's the taking off point from Utah. So let's see is there any extremes in this case? Well, here's one. If you play in Utah and then you play in Sacramento, Mm-hmm. 16 and four the second game against the spread. All right, that's uh, well, could that a lot of that have to do with the Kings uh, just being bad all these? But years? it's against the spread. Yeah, the yeah, spread by true. definition is going to count. Now that one might not make a ton of actually. Sense. Scott has brings up a great point. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're playing a back to back, and and so Utah's a good team. Mm-hmm. So if I'm playing another good team, well, I'm I'm going to mail that in. But if I'm playing Sacramento, I'm like, okay, that's I can't mail that game, and that's a game I got to win. Okay, so you think if a team is bad, it helps you in the first game or it helps you in the second I game? I think both. I think I think that in general, if you have a horrible back-to-back spot, it's human nature to say, well, we've got to win this one. All right, so what happens if the team is good, the second team? Then I'm going to win the I'm going to I'm going to win the first game. So you're winning the first get, game regardless. I'm, what, no, I'm just going to beat the bad team regardless. So if I'm playing if I'm playing SAC and then Utah, I'm going to beat SAC. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing and I'm playing Utah and then SAC, I'm going to beat SAC. How about Utah then Golden State? I'm going to lose them both. Okay. Yeah. Well, right now, if you play Utah and play Golden State next, 12 and 3 for the road team playing Golden State second. That's amazing. Wow. I Against would never have guessed that because I would have thought they'd make a business I w- decision. I wonder if it's like training at elevation where, like, after playing in Utah, you have just so much more endurance when you return back down to sea level. Now, now I, I've <laughs> added if you win or lose the first game, and there are some eye poppers. Mm. Like, and then the totals. The totals are go. I mean, I tell you, I'm gonna. I think it makes it makes sense to me that this is like because I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm not a. Um, uh, I don't even know what the term is. You know, a physiology major, but like like the impact of going from altitude. I think this is true, Scott. Like with baseball, for instance, they always talk about like how how screwed up you get. You know, when you're in Colorado, and then you go back to sea level, and the the, the curveball just it suddenly curves again. So. So here's a good here's a good one. I'll give this one. So if you play in Denver and it goes under, and now your next game is on the road, that's all it has to be, and the rest is either zero or one game or day, right? So it's not two days or more rest. That's all it is, right? 
since 2015, 40 overs, 19 unders. 4.8 points a game. Wow. So, I mean, that's pretty strong, right? Yes. And, I mean, it, it all makes sense, right, is defense is something that hurts you post-altitude. So, you would think maybe they're tired. Well, that means it goes over. Tired equals over. Well, not to mention the other team, if you're playing it back-to-back, it's like we're going to run these guys out of the gym. So That's a good point. That's a good point. So, when the NBA returns for the second half on Thursday of next week, the Wizards are in Denver to play the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, the Wizards play the second of a back-to-back in OKC against the Thunder. Ooh. So we like the over in that OKC. Yeah, I mean, that's with the sit- – oh, well, now it's based upon it, yeah, has, it to has to go under, under in Denver. Yep. Okay. Because if it doesn't it, – it, and it makes sense, right? Because then you're going to focus as a team – well, one, the line gets a little bit affected in theory – um, now, and it's funny, it, it's actually 0.6 points per game to the over, even if you go over in the prior game. But it, the record's not very good. You know, it's just a yeah, little yeah. bit better. Um, the sweet spot is if you go under. Yeah. And now what's interesting is this, though. If you go under, you just said the other team run you out of the gym, right? Actually, the team that played the back-to-back, it not only goes over, they do really well. They're 39-21. and 21, Against the spread, three and a half points per game. Maybe that's Scott's training in altitude. That's I, what I said. I don't you, know. you, you, I don't you have know. more endurance the second game. But I just love <laughs> that with 82 games, you can get enough sample yes, to look you through that. Never stuff. Do that in that's the awesome. NFL. So yep. stay tuned. I'll give you some of that stuff. All right. Um, good stuff. Let's go to your wonderful over under win totals. So here's what we're going to do we're not just going to read them all out, we're going to tell you the ones he has the biggest disagreement on or not disagreement biggest adjustment from this year's win total number that they actually won actual wins not from the opener exactly the betting number yeah, yeah. so for example Mark. the rams had what was it 10 or 11 10 right yeah the rams this or what they won this year yeah 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 the rams won this year uh 10 games yeah but so their opener was, was like five and a half yeah. exactly all right so fez but let's talk first you got four teams that are the top of the heap all right, you you want to give us those four, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So number one, Baltimore Ravens, eleven. Okay. Regular season Ravens. Regular season. All right. Ravens. Just clarifying. All right. Yes. Two different teams. It's just going to be the same thing, right? <laughs> They're not going to win any playoffs. <laughs> well, we're just making sure we're fading. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Number two, you know, I I was torn. I almost almost made this eleven and a half. Niners, eleven. So, so if that means you think. The Niners are the best team because that's the only one you're considering going to eleven with, y- yes. or eleven and a half. Yeah, with? so I should have led with the Niners. Yeah, but but Baltimore's in a tougher division. Well, I don't know that that San Fran division is pretty tough. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I was I was going to make San Fran eleven and a half, and I know that's what DraftKings opened. But the more I thought about Super Bowl hangover, uh, I got to so go. So DraftKings only opened what San Fran, San Fran eleven and a half. And a little bit of juice to the under, and Kansas City 10.5 juice to the over. And that's it. So th- that's these it. are fresh otherwise. Yes. Okay. And your Do we have updated numbers on this? You want to look those up? Yeah. So San Francisco 11.5 uh, under minus 150. Ooh. Which is almost equal. Almost 11. Yeah. Okay. And Chiefs 10.5 over minus 145. Okay. So you're getting some Chiefs love. Yes. And I had the Chiefs at 11. So even though I knew that they were 10.5, you were ahead of the curve. I was ahead of the curve. And Dallas 11. All right, so the four best teams, you got Baltimore, San Fran, Dallas, KC. Yeah, the four highest teams. I shouldn't say best because— Why not? Because I, Buffalo's 10 and a half because they got— I, I, Well, Baltimore has the be- a tougher schedule than— Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So you, I think just it's fair to be to clear, say. you didn't dig into the schedule other than strength of division. That's right. Okay. Yes. Now, that's interesting. You know what I'd say for— And, and, and division finish. 
Okay, so like if you finish first, I know that's bad versus finishing third. Okay, that's interesting because you got to play. That's that's really three games now. It used to be two games, but now it's that yes. matchup across the NFC AFC. You got to play one of the rotating th- uh, f- four division. Mm-hmm. One of the four divisions. I was thinking back when I used to read. It was the AFC Central, and it was the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Houston Oilers. Oilers, yeah. yeah. And uh, I can still see the Times Leader was the newspaper that was the local one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, no, that's for. <laughs> um, okay, so but to me that's a big jump. You think about first place schedule when you used to have to play two tougher games. Yeah. But now you have to play three. And think about it: Kansas City playing Philly, those type of games. And that's why I notice this is I don't have one team higher than eleven. Isn't that amazing? Like, like usually you have a twelve and a couple. Especially a seventeen game season. Yeah, you, and that's you remember, a great point. You remember it was seventeen, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, Scott, if you had to play one of these, we'll do it in chunks. What would you play? Ooh, I would play. I would play Baltimore under. Okay, what's your thinking there? I think that the teams in the division are going to be better. Specifically, I think Cleveland with a quarterback. For the mm-hmm. entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, should they get a different quarterback, but I think the offense will be better with Arthur Smith. So I think the competition in the division will be better, and I think the way that this season ended does not bode well for Baltimore rebounding. You think it's either, it's almost going to be like a Super Bowl hangover, yes. even though they didn't make the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay. Um, first off, I think we got a question that Kenny Pickett disdain. Because what we know is Matt Canada was one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think you can critique Tomlin for that. But if he was that bad, he didn't really play after the – remember, he played the first game. And they had over 400 yards of offense. And they played really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So to some degree, I'm not saying I'm going to wrap my arms around Kenny Pickett. I'm saying maybe mitigating circumstances. Mm-hmm. Sure. But this Justin Fields story is like heating up. Like the yeah, fact but who's to say Justin Fields any better than Kenny Pickett? It's a good point, but I mean, right? I'd rather I mean, have Justin Fields' legs. I agree. I'd want bad him on weather the in Pittsburgh. I mean, come on. What are they saying the compensation would be? Oh, because uh, if it's a second, I'll take it. Hmm. We'll give you that clay. No, we won't give you the Claypool pick back because we actually did get our great cornerback with that yeah. one. But we'll give you like a you know the fiftieth pick or whatever. Uh, you seen anything on it? I'm gonna look to see what, right. what the rumored compensation is. So for me, Fez, I think I would look at. Under Dallas, I think the O line's getting old fast. I think there's big questions at running back, and I think Zimmer, though a great hire, if you're a Cowboys fan, transition, right? I uh, yeah, as Scott was saying, as I was talking about, is he said he mentioned to you is the idea of Zimmer. It's a Mm -hmm. slow, it's a complex offense or defense, and I think that McCarthy, McCarthy might is it McCarthy? Yeah. I think the pressure is going to be pretty big. I mean, we saw with Shanahan, pressure doesn't lead to winning, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think the pressure's on for Dallas. Um, so I would say of these four, they're certainly the worst team of the four, and I would probably go under 11. What's, but I won't make it official because i got a couple I love. What's interesting is just that the two teams that had the best point differential in the league were Dallas and, and Baltimore yeah. last year. And you know what? I know that it's usually uneducated people mathematically. We'll talk about the Pythagorean idea. Mm-hmm. Well, what if there's a bunch of blowouts? I've never seen a team 
that if you say take their eight best games and then take their other eight that had more disparity than Dallas, there really was so many turnovers for touchdowns in some of those uh, games. No doubt. That it threw the game off. Like you couldn't take the rest of the game seriously. I do agree with that. So, all right, the next batch, you know, I think at least for the, the best teams, we do them in batches. This one I want to combine 10 and a half and – 10, and you've got four teams in this group. Outstanding. So we start with Buffalo, who I would consider 11. So they're the fifth best team. And I made them 10.5. Okay. Yes. Uh, I have Detroit, 10.5. Mm-hmm. Felt very confident in that number. Bengals, 10. And Philly, that one I was torn between 9.5 and 10. Ultimately, I went with 10. Okay. And you got the Bengals at 10. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the Bengals. They had. One of the worst possible seasons you could have, meaning that they are a quarterback-dependent team. Mm-hmm. Most great teams that have a great quarterback are, but I think even more than typically. And not only did Burrow miss a big chunk of the season, he was hobbled for almost the entire season. Right. The only time he wasn't was a little two or three games. One of them was they all they did they beat or almost beat San Fran. I can't remember. I think they beat mm-hmm. San Fran really bad. It was one of the three. Right, they since, beat San Francisco, yeah. 31-17. Yeah, they crush the team that you thought and most people thought, the world thought, was the best team this most recent year, meaning they were favored in the Super Bowl against Kansas mm-hmm. City. And I would say that otherwise there's not many games they were even at 100%. So if we can assume Burrow's going to have a good year health-wise, now again, that's uncertain, but it's a good, it's better than 50%. Mm-hmm. Isn't this team a team that wins nine with him limited or a backup quarterback? Shouldn't they win more than one more game? I thought they only won eight because they got the the, the phony win against Cleveland week 17. I'm not going to give them credit for that. Well, they at least got to get half a win for that. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, because they were, I mean, Browning, listen, I. Browning I, played very well. I think mm-hmm. so. I think uh, so. The defense did not play as well. I know they were at 11 last year, and I said, you know. I just wasn't comfortable only lowering them half a game. I would go. I would go over Cincy. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my first official. We can talk about batting. Um, Philly's interesting because somehow, how much would we think differently about Philly if there wasn't the Howie Roseman love in the media, GM mm-hmm. Howie Roseman? Because remember when I said the timber moment. Dallas was clearly, this was not this 2023, but entering 2022, Dallas was like the clear favorite to win the division. It was like... During the summer. Yeah, they were like minus 170, and I think Philly was like plus 300 when it opened, you know, like this time or even, you know, a couple months from now relatively to two years ago. Okay. And then finally, they kept gaining and gaining and gaining. Right before the season, they were about tied. What's happened since? Philly had a great year. And then Philly had a good first half, but not a great first half, a good one, even though the record was good. And then they had a horrible, disastrous second half. Yeah, they had they had a great first half um, on the scoreboard, and they had an average first half in the stats. And now yes. I think that of any quarterback that's considered a top eight or ten quarterback, let's say eight, Hertz is probably got more question marks than anyone. Yeah, we don't we don't know if he can stay healthy. I mean, the feeling was the, the, the excuse is that well he was playing banged up. We don't know if the league's caught up to him. That's right. I mean, what I'm saying is the schemes. Like whenever a quarterback's good for one year and then the next year he drops off, I'm thinking more times than not that they caught up to mm-hmm. him scheme wise. Also, Steichen was gone. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know how much of an impact that was. You know, he was the one that was credited for the big. Boom in, mm-hmm. in Jalen Hurts. 
So I'm just not sure how good Philly is. And if it's and again the Roseman dial the narrative is Fangio's got to you would imagine that defense now is going to be better. It's funny because as I listen to the cutting edge people, the cutting edge X's and O's, they're saying the Fangio thing's over. It's like if you look at last year, even this most recent year, Fangio did pretty good, but he's the godfather of it, so mm-hmm. that's applicable in Philly because obviously mm-hmm. he's there. But the disciples of his not really doing much. And if you look at all the hires on defense, not one Fangio disciple. I mean, Staley, not even hired. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. But what I'm saying is there's a bunch of them out there. It's kind of gone out of favor. So now the question is, does Fangio still be able to do- – will he dominate with it? I don't know. But I agree it's an upgrade from mm-hmm. – from pencil with the laminate sheet. This is Matt It is an upgrade, yeah. no doubt. All right, uh, next. Well, why don't we do one more batch? We've got five teams at nine and a half. Yeah, so these are the teams that could be contenders, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. uh, We're going to go Green Bay, nine and a half. Cleveland, nine and a half. Miami, nine and a half. <laughs> They're all nine and a half. Houston <laughs> and the Jets. Uh, what are the Jets? Nine and a half. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so let's think about this. Let's think down arrow, up arrow. I'm very interested with these five teams because I think you're. I think both of you guys are going to have a strong opinion on, on at least one. Well, it's got to be up arrow on the Jets. I mean, we're hopefully going to see Aaron Rodgers good play old, football. Good old predictable. <laughs> what is what do they say? Good old predictable. Bart Simpson, yeah. rock paper scissors, always goes rock. Scott always goes <laughs> Jets. But, but, no, don't, no, but, but, but don't you think like yeah. we're we're. We, we're supposed to see Aaron Rodgers play football more than four snaps. But he's up two he's, and a half games. So what yes, I'm saying, it's, a, not, it's not like... But this and, is the and number... Up, th- and he's 40 now. He's at this, that. And, and he's coming out the Achilles. Achilles. But this is the number the Jets opened up at last year. So given what you... If anything, then I think that's high. Yeah. You think it's high then? Because I, I consider nine with the, the Jets. The Jets won seven. Ten, ten is an auto smashola under. So, but, but let's think about what, he, what we just said. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers is a year older. Aaron Rodgers, but less mileage because he didn't play. <laughs> well, but at his age, it, I think it's more about the biological clock. Okay. That, you okay. know, um, is would you say biological clock? Because that's usually about women and. Yeah. and get, uh, but still, it works. Father time, yeah, father time. Okay, and then I would make the case the Jets' defense. Uh, don't they have a number of co- contract, um, like free agents on the defensive side? I know they signed. What Quint, What was that? Quentin? Quentin Williams. Yeah, I know they've signed, but I. It feels like that this defense won't be as loaded. This uh, and maybe I just have a sense of that. Mm-hmm. But I would make the case that the the Sala has been exposed as a less of a coach than we thought since. The, I mean, what it, he was it, in serious jeopardy of being let go. I mean, people were talking about you know. I think rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick or him? I don't know. Oh. That would be. I would have been odd. You know, I I love Belichick. Jets aren't going to hire Belichick. Though, Why right? not? He because was. He was. I mean, listen. The, oh, could you imagine the chain of events? Belichick becomes the head coach of the Jets. Robert Sala becomes the defensive coordinator in San Francisco <laughs> again. Like it's just everywhere. I, I, as a fan, as someone that likes action or likes uh, drama, even is you know if I'm watching it from afar. How exciting would that be if they would have hired Belichick? Would you would you be excited as a Jets fan? Oh yeah, of course I would. It'd be unbelievable. What is better with the Jets right now than we thought coming into this this most recent season? Nothing. Uh, Not one. I thing. think I think Brees Hall showed that after the injury, he can be just as good as he was the rookie year. These days, but, that's but a, numbers, almost a given. But his numbers weren't there. 
I mean, the eye test said it said so, right? But he really. Eh, I don't know. Well, I mean, how was his yard? What was his efficient? I mean, you know, let's take it. Uh, Brees Hall was. The fact that we're disputing. 994 yards. So 58.5, 4.5 uh, yards All per right, carry. That's pretty that's good. That, especially right. for a crap team. I'm, so. Yeah. I, and in his rookie year, when he was healthy, he was at. Uh, he only played seven games his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And he was. I think it was like 5.3. 5.8. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but that isn't going to maintain. Yeah. But So let's say maybe he's what he was. Yeah. And, and you know what? Even if he wasn't, one extra year can help those injuries. It sounds like you're even leaning under. I think so. Yeah. But I want to hear the one thing that's better. Well, I think heads up, you guys. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Well, yeah. Aaron Or Ro- you both bet against me. <laughs> big, yeah, okay. No big. No big. Here's the one thing that's better. Zach Wilson won't be the backup quarterback. But here's the question. Is Zach Wilson a below-average backup quarterback? Yes. I disagree. The way he played the second half. one game? He played one good game. Yeah, I'm not saying good. First yeah. of all, backup quarterbacks aren't supposed to play good. That's, I, I that's, think, that's I, think he's, I agree with you. I think he's an average backup, but yeah. under, but but not with the Jets because it, they, they, they kind of lost all faith. Uh, there's yeah. a distraction. I yeah. get that. All right, so your number one pick, your yeah. the, the number two pick in the draft, right? Uh-huh. <sighs> Who's a bigger buzz, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance? I, I, I think it's Trey Lance because no, I disagree. I know what I'm saying. I think it's Zach Wilson. I think Trey right. Lance still has like Trey Lance has mystery. Un- yeah. Exactly. We know still Zach Wilson know. sucks, exactly. and we think Trey exactly. that, that Trey Lance does. But you, Trey Lance can get Trey yeah. Lance could get the starting job due to injury and yeah. th- this season and have an incredible run and set his career. Who yeah. sucks motion. more contemporaneous to the time, Zach Wilson uh-huh. or Geno Smith as he was leaving the Jets? Zach Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because here's what I know. Ten years later, eight years later. Gino's getting $12 Gino's million guaranteed. Like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> what, the 12th best quarterback in the uh-huh. league? All right. Listen, Sam Darnold. Look, Sam Darnold. The Jets would kill to have Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback. All right, this is the dream preview. AJ, back next week. Family business. He's He went out to talk to Jack Waltz about getting Johnny Fontaine in a picture. Johnny Fontaine never gets that far. You want to hear something funny? I'm listening to The Godfather on Bart's perfect for him. <laughs> it make him a big star. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually w- listening to The Godfather on tape, the the book. Oh wow. Ooh. It, it just YouTube it popped up. I said that's fate and I start You, you, you know, I got to give I got to give kudos to AJ. So he had a three-star well, college. You should do it when he's here. Nah. <laughs> so he's a three-star play this week and he played the best team in the country, mm-hmm. all right, Connecticut. They're laying 24 okay. on the road at a god-awful DePaul team, mm-hmm. all right? And there's, like, lots of trends out there that are floating around that basically were like, oh, DePaul, like, they haven't covered, like, four straight games, and, and you know, it's a big underdog. And So there was a lot of anti-DePaul narrative out there. But the spot was great for DePaul, mm-hmm. and Creighton had Marquette on deck on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Huge game. Look ahead. Look ahead, everything else. And AJ's like... I don't. I don't effing care. It's like dude, Creighton is like the best team in the country, UConn, and DePaul, man. UConn, yeah. and and DePaul is a historically bad, you know, um, party of yeah. five conference team that that, you know, that that should be in the Horizon League. So the line should be thirty, and so and then you said party of five. What does that mean? Yeah, big five. He was okay. he was making fun of the I, group of five by drawing attention and comparison. I thought he was talking about show, that Fox show. Yeah. Exactly. Nev Campbell, Jennifer was Love. Yeah. Oh, so you knew cast. that show? That was an excellent cast. You know what's sad is the family was devastated because their parents were snatched from them as children, and mm-hmm. he's just saying that Love girl had some big boobies. <laughs> 
That was the level you were. She was so cute. A now, very, a very young Lacey Chabert. Let, let's think about this. She was, what, 17 and that? And you were, what, 35 at the time? When was it? Look this up. I'm actually. 94, party of five. He might have he given, given us too much information here. I was. I was only 31. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> just 14 I, years. But, 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 but really, it was just and like. The dude from Lost, too. Matthew Fox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He well, he was the he, he was, was the, the main character. That was a star making vehicle. At, at, right. the, the point it is, at, at at some point, it really doesn't matter how good a spot is when you've got a it, it's so so much of a yeah, disparity yeah, yeah. that the, the team can just show up like hungover, roll the ball out, and they're going to win by forty, and that's what happened. The people who bet on Connecticut were either the squarest people or the sharpest people, because sometimes that ends up being the case. It, the the square to sharp spectrum doubles back. Right. Mm-hmm. So, OK, um, I used to never believe that, actually. But I, I think one of the things I've been taught in the last eight years is sometimes laying a road. And favorite. I felt double digit favorites sometimes. Yeah. yeah. OK, Houston. I, I think it's too easy to think over Houston, but maybe it's too easy because it's clearly the case. They got a g- really good coach. He might be great. They got a I mean, I would make the case the best rookie quarterback I mean, I think he played better than Andrew Luck did yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who who's the best rookie quarterback ever? By the numbers, CJ Stroud. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And I'm, you know, you know, my knee jerk is what did Houston win like four games two years ago, mm-hmm. and then they won ten. And my my knee jerk is whenever a team takes that much of a step, I always expect. Oh, I now I know they're in the crappy division, I, but now they're going to get the first place schedule. I'm not and even that's sure gonna they, be, well, that's going to be a problem. Wait a minute, they didn't win the division, did they? They did. Yeah. They won the div- oh yeah we won that bad didn't yeah, we? we okay did. <laughs> um, we got that one yeah but I was just thinking they were going to Baltimore and Jacksonville choked yeah no I remember but I was thinking going to Baltimore was like uh, not but I guess they ended up winning the first round okay that that's because whenever I think about Baltimore playing a team I'm thinking oh they're playing the Drags I remember they blew out the Browns yeah I, yeah 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 okay. Um, Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco. So I couldn't keep I couldn't keep a team that, that raised that you. much. Yeah. I hear you, but I, I tell you this: if there's any, I think they, they have dealt with injuries too. <clears throat> I mean, like Tank Dell is going to get will be back, right? Don't you think that the like, health wise they should be better? I think they overcame Houston, overcame an offensive line that was so debilitated the first half of the year mm-hmm. that it almost made you question what we knew about offensive lines. It's like they mm-hmm. had like four starters out and we're still winning. Yep. So I, I think D'Amico, listen, anyone that talks about D'Amico that's ever been around him talks about him with the ultimate respect. Mm-hmm. I think, we, you know, and I think I always forget his name, the Alabama D lineman they drafted or in the first Will round. Anderson. He really played well is what everyone said. I mean, I don't really know how to judge well, D line. swept the Rookie of the Year awards. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I like Fez. He stays consistent. Miami, I think there's a lot of question marks. Losing the D.C. That's why I lowered him down I, from 11. Yeah. I, this one I find very curious. Cleveland has their starting quarterback coming back, and somehow you've lowered them a game and a half. Yep, never seen it before. I'm not confident that Watson is a top, you know, 16 it, quarterback. I'm just not. You know, I think he might be like the 23rd best quarterback. I think that's optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I think we're probably at the point where we can't keep wondering if he's going to come back to where he was. The game's changed. He, he's like, correct me if I'm wrong, he's like Russell Wilson. Is he going to just be competent is the question. Yeah, but Russell Wilson's been, last this most recent year was better than him, I thought. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Trouble so, will be back, too. 
yeah, but I tell you, that was so bad. We you don't know what he's going to be. Now, as far as volatility, the one team in this group that could be great, Green Bay, could be really good. So, Steve, I'm going through the games, and now you're going to jump on my analysis. Go ahead. I mean, you don't get to be both the, the number maker <laughs> and the analyst of the number. Fair enough. <laughs> you trying to like sway your bets? I, I don't know yeah. what he's doing. I think he's trying to mitigate. He looked at that number and thought maybe that's a little short. Well, but, I thought about ten on Green Bay, so yeah. I wanted to mention. That's why I had. But you him didn't on the top mention that. Yeah. Did you? I just All right. Um, <laughs> I agree with you. I think there's questions on D. I like what they did. They took a, a coordinator that was very well, – what is the biggest thing that happened this year on defense? It was simulated pressure. The idea that they have D- – and this is something McDonald did, you know, very elite. He put six people on the line or whatever, and this is very simplistic. He's only rushing the normal amount, but you don't know who's rushing. And thus, you gotta you got to set your protection to all of them. And now, listen, in the offseason, all the offenses are going to figure out maybe how to stop it. That's the chess game. But but I that was something Green Bay did none of, mm-hmm. right, or hardly any of. And they went to the college ranks and got a head coach, which means they must really think that guy's good. It wasn't a retread. It was, so I'm actually optimistic about their D, but I think there's a lot of question marks. And Jordan Love... Until you have over a year of success, I the same thing I think it happened to Hurts. Who's to say if they catch up to Might him? Might figure him out, yeah. But I do think he's got the physical skills, it seems. So I think that number's fair. Okay. And, and Halfley does have NFL experience. He's been in the league before. He was most recently with the 49ers uh, in 2018. But Oh, oh, is that, and was he at the 49ers? Defensive backs coach. So who was the D.C. at that point? Because, I, I mean, it would have— Should have been Salah. Was it? You right. want to check? I don't know yeah. how many years he was there. Um, Fez, one thing that makes me think you might be wrong is do you really think Detroit – what kind of favorite do you think Detroit's going to be in the division? Because they're a full game up. Rock right? Yeah, okay. they're not going to be that big of a favorite. Yeah, yeah. so maybe but – But Detroit's got the first place schedule, but that, that, that I, need to re- I need to reflect that in my numbers, and maybe I haven't. So maybe – that's a great point. It, it, it doesn't feel like if, if I could have a heads-up Green Bay, Detroit, and would – Based upon this number, Detroit, like Novig, should be like minus 180, Green Bay plus 180. You'd be like, oh, I'll take the Packers. Right? I think so. Yeah, I, I think agree so. with that. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's Again, a great this, point. This is, this is the whole process of going through these numbers. We haven't gotten to my one I really like. Okay, mm-hmm. next, I'm, let's pick just some of these teams because I think some of them are boring. Let's talk Rams because the Rams, it seems to me, are a team you'd say the arrow is up. But somehow Fez has them at nine, one full game down from ten. Explain. Yeah, so their their season win number was six and a half, and they went all the way up to ten. And again, it's just a knee jerk. I'm always oh, whenever a team but, but, overachieves oh. that much. Now you could argue maybe the six and a half was just a bad number. And, and because that came, that had no context. Meaning they were saying, let's assume the Rams are not going to play hard. Let's assume they were wrong about those assumptions. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and also they were wrong about the fact that the Rams have have. I like added a really good second wide receiver and a really good running back. So maybe they I had one of the best drafts we've seen. Yeah. And wouldn't you say the better thing to do to get the institutional level is say what's the average win total the last five years or four years? And in that case, oh, in that, ra- ca- in that case, this is the, the ten would be right in line. I could be low in the Rams, Houston, and they are my highest nine. So Houston is a team I think it's legitimate. We're saying maybe there's yeah. things that make an exception. But the Rams are a championship team. They're yeah. hey, they're used to that. It's probably you know you're making strunk it. Maybe the Rams should be nine and a half. Stafford 
So you like them over nine? I would, yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Stafford's uh, age and his injury history more. 36 years old. I think there's questions there for sure. Um, Jacksonville, now this is really being sour on Jacksonville, only saying nine, because this was a team that was a big up arrow this, this year. Coming into the year, the expectations, they fell way short. The talk now with Trevor Lawrence is, do you even sign him? And their stats were lousy. They're an average team. You know, they 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 weren't unlucky. They they were like an eight eight and one team last year. Is this something where it doesn't matter who's the coach? It doesn't matter that, that there's something about that ownership that just won't let this team win. It's like having to go to London every year. But now it's an advantage them. when they play yeah. their two weeks. It yeah, seems sure. like an advantage. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Chargers at nine. Jim Harbaugh. Now, on one hand, you could say it's up five games. On the other hand, you could say you've got them 16th ranked. Mm-hmm. They're an average team with Jim Harbaugh and, and oh, huh, it's me. <laughs> He's not here. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I don't do it for him. Okay. I do it for me. <laughs> for Herbs. I thought I, – I feel very confident in my Charger number. I was like, a nine is the nine and a half. I bet I so fast play under. You know what tells me that the world would bet this over is I almost want to bet it over. <laughs> um, did you, and, and I'm asking this seriously, did you account for the lack of leadership in this number? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> we still haven't gotten to my pick yet. All right. Saints, I don't care. Tampa, I don't care. I like this. Uh, Indi- <laughs> Indianapolis. Is a team that the coach has shown himself to be at least one year elite as a head coach, mm-hmm. right? One year. There's so many film people that look at the quarterback, and you know, is Minshew even signed? I I don't think he is. Oh, so, so with um, Richardson. Richardson, they loved him. They thought this is it. This is the. I'm future. just worried that you know, that not he, not durable. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's but, that's why I didn't make it nine. So you're literally saying a big, a, a significant part of this number is the injury risk. Yes, he, he did take some hit. He's a big guy. Went I'm, down with two injuries. You know, know. Minshew's a UFA. Okay, I wonder what he'll get. Will Someone he, will sign. Will he get ten? Well, yeah, but will he get ten? Yeah, I tell what, you what, it would have helped him to complete that pass. <laughs> the, the best, <laughs> cool, the best backups get ten. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the bait. You know, that's the Andy Dalton got ten. That's the Dalton that. number. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm interested. Um, I would love. I mean, you've always been a Minshew guy, sure. I mean, as a remember the Eagles, Howie, the genius, quote unquote, Roseman traded him what for a sixth round pick, or I don't even know if mm. I don't even know if it was a sixth round pick or did they just not resign him? I can't remember. I think it was a sixth round pick, well, or maybe I'm thinking about the Dobbs from Arizona. Okay, um, Pittsburgh eight and a half. I would go over. I, I don't love it, but I just think the defense is still good. I mean, I mean, it's not getting old. If anything, it's getting a little bit. I think the D's going to be fine. They got to pick up a couple D backs because obviously they're getting old back there. What a division! If yeah, Pittsburgh goes yeah, over, because yeah. everyone else should have a winning record. Well, Tomlin would have to have a losing record. So it's got to happen sometime. All right. Well, Martingale. Not really. <laughs> All right. We're now down. We're we're into the group that has my best bet. Okay. Now. I want you guys to predict which one it is. Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta, Minnesota. I have my prediction. All right, go ahead. You're, you like the Falcons over eight? No. Okay. You In like, fact, I, do, I probably like the under there. Interesting. Okay. You like the Bears over eight? No. God, no. <laughs> this is the famous tenant. When you love something and you're early, you're not wrong, you're early. 
Seattle over Seattle will be better than last year, and it's not even if I could bet. I forgot you were on Seattle last year. If I if I could bet, but if anything that keeps you off yeah. when if I could bet you with it not being something you wanted, I would bet you five thousand on that. Mm. I know you don't want that, but what I'm saying is. I like it that much. I, think, I, I just don't. I didn't. With the coaching change to Mike McDonald, I, I'm just. It, yeah, that's not what I'm good at. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. You but, know, like evaluating new coaches. I would have liked. I would have liked Seattle if they kept Carroll. I okay. don't think that's a huge issue. You, I just you believe think they in Geno Smith, and they got banged up last year, and they they kind of were like, didn't it feel like they should have won nine? I think some. Oh, they, they did win nine. Yeah, and so <laughs> you're, you're you're thinking they're the same basically. Yeah, if even they're the same, I, mean, I don't think they've gotten worse I, that much. I know, and I think McDonald on defense, he might not be the same head coach. Mm. But on defense, it's he's the most modern, probably the most modern defensive coordinator right now. You know, I was carrying them all year long as like an average team. So you could talk me an eight and a half, easy, easy. And and yeah. and, and I would. Make and the, again, they're my highest eight. You can you can see that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I, I would go over eight and a half. I mean, I, I think I think they're right there with the the nines. Um, I think they're as good, if not better, than Jacksonville. To be mm. honest. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, or remind me, they hired the older guy as the associate head coach. Refresh my memory on that. Who's Leslie that? Frazier? Yeah. So I like that they brought a, an older adult into the room. Well, not an adult, but an older, experienced guy to be assistant head coach. So, like, some of that stuff, McDonald, because he's only, like, 36, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I, I love Seattle over. Cool. And Ryan Grubb is the guy they brought in from Washington slash Alabama to be the OC. Yeah, which, again, I think that um, – I mean, the very fact that the guy they hired at Alabama wanted him, you know, at Alabama because he was at Washington with him tells yeah. you he loves this guy. And, and Leslie Frazier, he was hired as an assistant head coach, not as the defensive coordinator. Well, because McDonald's going to run the defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. By the way, the Minnesota number, I I'm, I don't know what they're going to do with quarterbacks. That's very hard. Um, you know, true. I would go under just because I, I think they have, they're not going to sign. Yeah. Let's just say it seems very unlikely they're going to sign Cousins. And then the number's going to drop. Yeah. But I would say this, that organization, if we had a, a draft of, let's say, the next four years, mm-hmm. how many wins, I'd put Minnesota not at the top of the list, but they'd be a surprise where I would slot them. Okay. Um, Okay, now we're down to the dregs, but not really because we're still at seven and a half with Denver. They're the only seven and a half, uh, and you assume Russell Wilson's not going to be there. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got the Raiders at seven, the only seven. I'm not sure about this coach. I think they might start fast. Mm-hmm. They like him, but he, he's not. He doesn't have enough X's and O's. So I, I downgrade him a game, and I just I felt like they won a whole lot of the schedule kind of broke right. Remember they beat the two New York teams at home with the cigar smoking. I really feel like they should have won seven, not eight, and I think mm-hmm. they're a seven-win team. Yeah, and I think the trend line. I mean, who's the quarterback? No quarterback. I mean, it's a big question. So um, he, did, he did hire Marvin Lewis as an assistant head coach, though. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, we can like that about like that about Seattle. That's what I'm saying. As much as we want to say Marvin Lewis looked, you know, let's a very good regular season coach. Yeah, and I mean, listen, he had since he had a place they haven't really been, you know. I mean, except for Burrow. I mean, you think about it. They made a Super Bowl in what '88 the last time, and two Super Bowls in the '81, right? In '88. Yeah. All right. um, Both Arizona. I think they are trend line up. But you're saying they only won four games, yeah. so you're giving them two and a half. Yep. But I would say I would have – I bet they would be there as the last six or seven teams in a four-year draft. I would put them by far the one of those teams that I would like. Giants, i got to be honest. I want to talk to Scott about this. You got them at six uh, – Six and a half. Yeah. Six, six and a half. 
I thought Dayball has had the best two-year run. Forget what's happening in-house. Forget that, oh, so Wink Martindale yeah, doesn't yeah. like – I don't know who's right or wrong in any of that. From what I hear, it's probably that um, Dayball's probably wrong. I hear he's mm-hmm. just so intense that, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I can sympathize with those people sometimes. So I'm not going to be too critical. But, Steve, <clears throat> last year or two years ago, they were the – had the most wins of a bad team I might have ever seen. <laughs> and then they won a playoff game, yeah. This year, I would say we thought when they had Pork Chop or what, what, Veal Cutlet, yeah. right? What was his? Tommy Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> and you thought he was the worst, worst quarterback ever to take a snap in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, what, what was the Raiders quarter, the rookie quarterback? Aiden O'Connell. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, Jamarcus Ross. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think he was the worst. Um, he started like like forty games or something. <laughs> I guess. They have, but but my, my point is, he was winning those games. I, I you know really the Giants were like a three win team last year and they I, won six. I yeah. mean, so I would say if you look at how much coaching added to the win total, I would say over two years there's never been a coach. Is uh, I agree. But yeah. somehow they're talking about firing him. Like if he can't get along with anyone, mm-hmm. what's your sense of what's really happening? Uh, I think you're right. I, I I did hear about the whole Wink Martindale situation that it was really Dable. That was the one that you know pushed because Martindale's a tremendous defensive coordinator, and he's been he's been a coordinator for yeah. decades. Mm-hmm. So he, it's not like he couldn't get bossed or something. Yeah, that they that they butted heads way too much, and that it was, they weren't speaking. Yeah, I heard. and then it was Dable, really the driver of that. So they bring in Shane Bowen, the guy from Tennessee, the past couple of years. So we'll see what that does to the Giants' defense. I don't know what this offense is going to look like, though. I, I don't know if Daniel. Well, you got a forty million dollar quarterback who's recovering from an ACL tear. Uh, I got a, I got a running back who pro- might not be on the team. <laughs> but let me ask you a question, and I don't want to diminish the work it takes to come back. But if it's not a compound injury in which mm-hmm. it's like where sometimes those knees get dislocated, kind of, and yeah. it seemed like it was a clean tear, they come back a hundred percent. It feels like ninety five percent of the time yeah. at this point, wouldn't you say? I, I- I guess so, but he's a running quarterback, so that does give you a little bit of hesitation. You know, if he's if he's lost just a little bit of a step, is he going to be as good as he was? When or he even if he himself? runs less because or he's he, afraid of his. Is he hesitant? Exactly. I think it could change the way. I certainly don't like Daniel Jones as a pocket passer. No, I, <laughs> but I don't like him for 40, 40 <laughs> sticks. All right, we're down at the bottom here. Um, Boy. And frankly, these were easier to make, I think. I mean, it's just crazy to think the last time I thought of New England without Belichick was like, what, 98? I mean, that's been a long time. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Fez, your hair is the same color as it was then. <laughs> well, if you notice, every six weeks it's an identical color to <laughs> yeah. the prior six weeks. Yeah. I love it. I love that you're, forth- you're, you're out front with it, baby. Uh, but it's real. It is real. And spectacular. <laughs> a little Seinfeld. Uh, are you still watching Seinfeld with Johnny? Uh, we took a little break. He, but he likes it. Oh, he he loves it. That's good taste. How old? He's like 12? Yeah, his favorite. His but I was fav- saying the fact he likes Seinfeld at 12 is a good sign for his comedy chart. His two favorite episodes were the, the, the bottles, bringing the bottles to Michigan to get the 10 cents. Oh. <laughs> he loved that. It was like crunching the numbers he goes, to fine. make it work. He goes, I've thought of this for years. Yeah. <laughs> And he loved the um, the episode where the cabinet guy like like was like Jerry was asking for all the the feedback from Jerry like and Jerry's like just do it just <laughs> oh, okay. do it oh be like a handyman or something yes now you really haven't seen these episodes I, I I've through. seen about half of them it's yeah. funny man. yeah so there's now, uh, what yeah. show what streaming are you watching on what Netflix or what are you streaming in? oh he just looked it up I don't even know if it's well if, if, I think it's on Netflix yeah. yeah so here's the thing 
And a lot of people that watched it back then might not know this. So that was a show that was taped in the old TV. You know, it was not letterboxed. It was not the HD, right? Mm. Most of those old shows you see, you know, they're crunched up, mm. right? Yeah. Seinfeld, it was such a big show. They went back, I think, three, four years ago and got the original film and reframed, remastered and reframed yeah. every shot. So now it's a it's a beautiful you know, HD Ooh. picture. So make sure that if it if it's a square, you're mm-hmm. watching the wrong feed. Inter- interesting, because it, it look it looks good. And and one thing I'm asking because we jump around season to season, we don't go yeah. consecutively. And so I, I, I he's he's picked Johnny's picked up on oh daddy, it wasn't as good when they tried to make Jerry like the comedian because he's not that funny. So they cut they, they they that first three minutes of the show kind of sucked. But now they jump in with Kramer or something. You know, it's bad chicken, bad. You know, something now, I, funny. I got I got to be honest. I'm taking back half of my love of his comedy chops because that is like, you're right. It did get more popular, but it was like the show got more broad, I think. I think those mm-hmm. first years are, are, let's just say this, they would have never became a big show if they stayed that way. Yes. Because they're dry. They're more, dry, you know, there's no like, uh, you know, master my domain or those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. Larry David was gone for a lot of those episodes, though. Dolores! (laughs) People forget Larry David wasn't there, I think, the last three or four years. I mean, yeah. Um, You know Jerry's apartment can't exist, right, in real life? Why? Like, the layout does not make sense. Why? Because of the, like, the way, you know, the hallway with him and Kramer, the way the hallway goes. Like, here, here's the floor plan. It can't exist. But explain why. Because the kitchen would run into the hallway of Kramer, of the hallway outside the door. Like, okay. literally, the way the set oh. is filmed, it's the way that the set is, like, the apartment cannot exist. It doesn't... It, I the, agree the with The layout you. doesn't make sense. I agree with you, unless it was in Australia, then it would work. Oh, wait. Because it's backwards, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> you, flush, you flush the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Same seven same seven boxes of cereal. All right. So, we don't know. But, so, I guess, are you are you optimistic about Dave Ball? He's going to learn or not? I am not optimistic about Dave Ball. I think the Giants will be looking for a new head coach. Well, I would like to snap. I mean, if I was any team but five or six teams, I'd want to yeah. snap him up mm-hmm. if he learns any lessons, mm-hmm. right? Um, New England, I everyone likes Mayo there. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Um, Tennessee, I think they. I think the ownership has said we don't care about winning. I thought I about wanna, going five. They're built. They're building a new stadium. I, I made I think, five and a half, and I was like, oh, that's optimistic. I think Tennessee is going total rebuild, and they want to have a team ready for the new stadium in a couple of years and re. This is a rebuild now for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But if I had to go over one of these teams in the dregs, it wouldn't be Denver. It wouldn't be the Raiders. It might be Arizona. It would be the Giants, not New England, not Tennessee, not Carolina, which is last. But I think maybe my favorite over here would be Washington. I was going to say, you like yeah, Washington might be an interesting I Because I think the team itself isn't that bad. I think that Rivera was so bad at the end. I mean, the game's just passed him by, it seems to me. Well, you, you bring up a good – I mean, the team was that bad, but it probably was because of Rivera maybe is what is your play. I, mean, I guess if you look at the individual than, players. You're, you're, yes, yes. The, the, the collection of players was better than they, – they were last in the league in point differential. No, they, they played bad, and especially when they fired the D.C. and started sacrificial lambs. They're it, worse than Carolina in point it, difference. Yeah, and Carolina's defense wasn't bad. It's just yep. Carolina's offense, they and you've be. got them, though, a full game. So this is where Arizona was entering this year, one of the worst, you know, four and a half, right? That was their high number. 
And and Arizona is the greatest drag team of all time to to go under their season win total because they only won four last year and they and I power rated them up five points over the course of the season. Yeah, but there was three and a half at the end. So yeah, you're that right. But but think about that. How much money if you would have told me Fez, Fez upgraded Arizona five points? You know, how much money would you have been willing to bet even at that four and a half number? Point. But I would say this: Chicago the year before was right in that same boat. Yeah. Think about how much they were like maybe a minus two and a half or three, and they ended up going under like four and a half or what or mm-hmm. five. I can't remember what it was because uh, I kept like they won yeah. two of the first three games, and Fez and I had a bet on it. I was making fun of them, and and they and it was like week after week they were playing okay but couldn't win a game. And you know the irony is that this year, I, well, I thought the Bears might be the worst team in the NFL for a while, and they won seven. I mean, they turned it Did around. They only completely. won seven. I thought they won nine. Seven and ten. Why did I see nine? They started like one and eight. No, I know, I know. No, I mean, listen, Chicago is certainly a team that's going to have a lot of people. I mean, you're going to – well, here's the question, though. Do they take a step back? No matter who they – is there any rookie quarterback that you'd expect to be better than Justin Fields this year? No way. So, in a way, if they do get rid of Fields, they are going to take a step back. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think they're going to trade. Quit talking Washington. That's trading him is getting rid of him. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, th- I you think they're going to trade the pick? Yes, that's oh. what I mean. Can we talk Washington for a second? Because yeah. I think there's a bet to pl- to place on Washington right. right now. So Kingsbury talking about what type of quarterback he wants to run his offense. He said this, and he obviously joked and talked about you know Patrick Mahomes. But in in relation to Patrick Mahomes, he talked about how much Mahomes used his legs especially at the end of the Super Bowl, right? Like, you look at that final drive, and all he did was run and make plays with his legs. He says, quote, you watch those guys at the end, like when the money is on the table, you've got to be able to make some plays with your feet, move around enough to escape a bad play. It doesn't mean you've got to run like Lamar or Kyler Murray, but you better be able to move a little bit and buy yourself some time because the D-line, the rush defense these days is so good, end quote. So it got me thinking, I don't think Sam Howell's that type of guy, and Washington with the number two overall pick is in the market for a quarterback. So if we assume, now you can never assume, but Caleb Williams is minus 900 to go number one overall in the NFL draft. So if we think that Caleb Williams goes number one, whether it's to the the Bears or if the Bears trade the pick, now, the problem is maybe they could trade it to Washington, and Washington could take Caleb Williams. But if Caleb Williams goes number one overall, the odds to be drafted number two right now, Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina, is the favorite at minus 170. Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback from LSU, is the second favorite at plus 165. Now, if Cliff Kingsbury is talking about wanting a running quarterback, a guy that can use his legs— it's Jaden Daniels over Drake May. So at plus 165 to be the second overall pick, if we think that Washington stays put at number two, don't you think there's good value at that plus 165 right now? So video killed the radio star. And a couple weeks from now, I think we're going to be singing, Seidenberg killed the Daniels draft bet. Because <laughs> I think this is going to go down, down, Why don't we down. get this in now? Why don't we do this now? That's a, Call your people on the East Coast. If Vegas is... I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm placing this thing. Now, let's, I'm Bring cons- your bottles. <laughs> so it, is, is there any uh, deposit bonus <laughs> on there? Now, here, here's my question. I meant the bottle deposit. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> 
How much does Kingsbury and OC that just got hired have to do with who they're going to draft? That's what well, concerns Considering me. the head coach is a defensive guy, maybe he wants Kingsbury to run the whole offense. Remember when all the quarterback stuff last year went wild because um, Carolina's coach made the point, uh, Frank Reich made the point that, oh, he like, like they said, let's play basketball. Like we can play one on one when you come down here. Remember there was that jibber jabber and it moved mm-hmm. the. I'm not sure. He didn't have any say, obviously. Because I, I guess a lot of Reich's consternation was he didn't want Young is uh, thinking things up and Reich's saying, I didn't want this guy, and he got fired. So I just wonder, Kingsbury doesn't – now, if he was there for a long time, maybe, but I think a new OC, I don't know. But w- the reason I do like it is whatever we think the assumptions are, they usually flip three times, and if we're getting a nice plus number – I'd like to have a bunch of people plus number. And he just came out with the quote yesterday, and everybody's betting basketball. Who's the third? Who's the third favorite for to be, to be the the third favorite to be the number three pick, or the the favorite to be the number three pick? To be the, the number two pick. The number two pick. Who's the third favorite? Like if we wanted a real long. So show. well, Caleb Williams at plus eight fifty. Who is the minus nine hundred to be number one yeah, overall? I don't like that. So and how about after that? How Mar- about- Marvin Harrison Jr. plus a thousand. Oh, he's not gonna. Okay, that's not gonna happen at all. I I kind of feel like. It's got to be a quarterback. Well, what, you it's, know? it's Penix. Who's the guy from Washington? Oh, Michael Penix. He's not even going to go in the to first one. round, probably. Well, no, they're saying like fifteen. What are they saying? Forty to one. He's forty to one to be the second pick. Yeah. Okay. I mean, here's the, the people surge. People surge. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that's a good. pick. I'm saying there's no one that's gained more ground in the last half of the year than he. Did. I, I heard he took a step back because he played in the. Was it the senior? He didn't bowl? play in the senior bowl. Oh, he did he, not. But play? He had bad practices. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I knew there was pro- something. Okay, negative. I didn't know that. That yeah, is a problem. It was an update. Because, I mean, if you want someone to come from way back. Why would you go to the Senior Bowl when you just, like, had, like, the greatest, like, like playoff run of any quarterback? Well, if you, but if anything, if he would have killed it there, he might be, he might have been in the conversation. Yeah. The, you know, so he rolled I mean, That's why back. Bo Nix went. Bo Nix went to the Senior Bowl because he was like, I'm going to improve my How did he style. do, relatively? Uh, mixed results. See, they like that Senior Bowl because, if I'm not mistaken, the coaches in the NFL, NFL get yeah. to coach them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tom it probably lo- makes them a better player, so it's probably good for them yeah. to go too. Tom, and plus a lot, especially if you're from a small non-power five, because now you're playing against the big boys, and they and, want to and see it's relationship that. building too. Because we do see a lot of times in the NFL draft, maybe it's maybe not in the first round, but we do see some guys that are taken in like the third to fifth round, where it's like, oh, by the way, yeah, he was coached by him in the Senior Bowl, so he really liked him, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it happens all the time. And Tomlin has always really valued that. Mm. So, all right. Great. Spaz, I got to tell you. Is that your best bet then? You, oh, um, Seattle. Seattle? Yeah. Okay. So why don't Scott, we do this? do you this? have a best bet? Why don't we Ooh. do this? I'm going to give you minus 110. All right. And I'll just do one bet, 330 to win three on Seattle over. Perfect. We won't kill them because I like the initiative. I like the initiative. You know what we should have done? And Scott, you got the Jets over, right? <laughs> well, I don't think that's the best bet. Oh. Well, why don't we do this? Let's let Scott ponder, because mm-hmm. I want to talk about the overtime and put put this to bed. Yes. Uh, and do me a favor, Steve. Focus on what I say and respond to that, and then you can wrap it all up. But I want to stay in the three tranches here. About tranches, a word that has never been used <laughs> ever before. So by me, you were, by me. If you were worried about, will R.J. Bell come up with the perfect <laughs> word? For the for the eighty for the hundred eighty eighth pod, <laughs> but I can't he has remember, done it with tranche. But I can't remember guys' names. I have a question about my best bet. All right, can I? We're not going to tell you what your best bet well, is. Well, can I? <laughs> my, my question is, 
can I pull a Fez and say, oh, no. I would like to play this on the market number when it's when it comes out? No, these you got to play against. Okay. Okay. I'm but, not, this right. is the but, Fez sports okay, okay, book. Right. It's but if my any, numbers. But if anything, Steve, if. What he's saying is your numbers are so good, he can't... So well, I'm saying this, I want to take Baltimore under, but I think it's going to open up at the market higher than 11.5. Okay, so find something. Where's he wrong? If you made your numbers, where's he wrong? That's think the think about that, Scott, and, and, all right. and let's, let's do the overtime. Okay. okay. And so, uh, tranches, I got it. All right, so here's the overtime, I think, is the decisions. Now, it's come out. If you assume the second team will go for two if it's touchdown, touchdown. Yes, even then, and that's them playing optimally in that that's the right decision. That's the given. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's like over 50%, but less than 51 for taking the ball first. That has been modeled. Monte Carlo simulation, yeah, yeah. running 50,000 times. I think it was 120,000, the guy from ESPN. So did. basically what it comes down to, it's, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying it's too close to call, so now maybe the game script would might decide what no, to do. No. Or, or it's for this game. Here's what I'm saying is it assumes that you have to go for two mm-hmm. in order for it to be even close, meaning I'm still— Of course, that I agree with. There's a real chance, and I mean greater than zero, and I mean it's 30%. Now, it might change now, but in the Super Bowl, if San Fran would have got the ball second, do you— would you give me plus 300 that they wouldn't have kicked the extra point? No. Okay. So I think by taking the for the ball first, you're assuming the other team has a chance to not do what's optimal, and thus your decision is so right at that point. I, I agree. There's an upside but no downside. And, and, and I'm concerned I'm getting out of a tranche, but I think it, I think it is – Okay, go ahead. I think it's totally related. The mere fact that when two college football teams play in overtime, mm-hmm. all right, and obviously it's a big advantage to be on defense, all right? First to, to start. To start. So the first team scores a touchdown, the second team scores a touchdown, and then they more often than not, they kick the extra point, which is think about this. It's the exact opposite of what you're saying, where you you, you gotta you gotta you gotta go for two there because you're screwed. If you as soon as you go in the second overtime, now you start with the ball. So there, it's crystal clear you're at a big disadvantage. So you think in college you should go for two? Yes. Okay, but you you got to agree that that it's not if it was sudden death in the next round, it'd be even more the case. You got to go for two. Yes. And I'm saying there's a non-zero chance, and I mean a thirty percent chance. I think that in this game, one of them would have went not gone for two in that spot in San Francisco. Thus, yeah, yeah. by so what we're saying is, if they do go for two as they should, I'm at fifty point four percent by taking it first. And if they don't, I'm way above that. That I agree with. So yeah. that means if one means you're slightly better and the other means you're way better, well, how could the you, other choice be right? You've got to do it. Because now all of a sudden you've got three chances to get to get that third possession. you got the punt, punt, the field goal, field goal, and the touchdown, touch, touchdown permutations. Right? All right. So number I one, agree. taking it first is it allows them to make a mistake if mm-hmm. it goes touchdown, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two is, and I discussed this already, so I'll make this one quick. How tired is your defense, mm. right? And the and, and to be honest, there's no reason you want you would want to put your D out there first. So by going first, you let your D, which at the end of games are going to be tired anyway, to have more rest. And since it's not alternating, like in college, when they flip it, you got to have two straight possessions, right? So he gets to rest more. It yeah. won't be like that here. Mm. Thus, I think the rest. Of that first possession is the most valuable rest. That's going first has its advantage. I agree with that. All right. So now the question is, and I've got one more, and this one's a, a nuanced point. 
the better the chance that the other team is going to score. Let's just say this. In any given matchup, there's going to be what is the expected points on the first drive. Like, if you could figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. But let's just say, what's the chance of them scoring a touchdown? Is it a good chance or a less good chance? Because if it's less good, getting the ball for a third possession increases the likelihood, Mm -hmm. right? If you have two, like, horrible off, if it's Carolina playing, you know, pick another horrible offense, odds are they're not going to get a touchdown on the first one. That's you're probably going to get a third possession. That's getting the ball first has its even more advantage because the main edge of that is the third possession. Yes. So that one's just more, it makes it, but it, nothing there makes it where it's smart. I don't see anything redeeming about not taking the ball. Do, Do you like, what would be the case of not taking the ball? If you were, if you were playing, I'm, t- I'm trying to think if it was like a total was like 60. Mm-hmm. All right, but I still think because you want the third possession then because is if they have the if if if, if they have the ball first and they score or and you score and they score now you got the ball right. But, but, but I think if the total was like 60, uh-huh. now like like the offenses have the big advantage. Mm-hmm. Now I think all of a sudden the even if you score if it goes touchdown touchdown you're losing cuz they're going to make the two point conversion. Oh, I guess if they that. go for two. Okay, so that's making an interesting point. If they're not going to go for two, you want the third possession obviously. But if it is no defense, if there's like no yeah. defense, you're playing Madden for You instance. almost know it's going to be touchdown touchdown and thus you'd rather be though it's not any great position to be in, but you'd ra- meaning that it it, it lessens the, it's the least of the evils in a way, right? Because it's not like you have an edge. You ju- you're still at 49.6 or whatever if you score the second touchdown and 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 then go for two. Mm-hmm. But it's better than going first, yeah. right? I would say. Oh, no, it's not even better than going first. I think it just kind of breaks even. Well, I, I, think, I think you could hit the point where you could make the two-point conversion like 55%. Oh, right? okay, okay, yeah. okay. But it would never be worth it for the first team to do two. It, it, no, defenses aren't that bad because we, no, no, because even if you make it, make it seventy percent of the time, and the other team like they can just match it. And if you miss it, you lose. Yeah. So really, what you're saying, and I'm not saying this to be smart, but rather just to confirm, you're saying kind of what I'm saying is the likelihood of a touchdown. Uh, and if it's extremely likely, it would lend itself to saying maybe second makes sense. Yes. And, and I think the takeaway in all this is that people are so emphatic. They're like, oh, it's so obvious. You got it's to. It's really complicated. But most people have was emphatic that San Fran made a mistake. Yes. That's what I, and I'm shocked. And, and, but and, it's, but it's, and there's not one math guy. There's not one guy. I ran all the simulations and it's clear cut that San Fran, and especially you bring up the great point, the defense being gassed. It was the right call. But see, here's what, here's what proves to me how crappy the typical analysis is, is how sanctimonious people were about their position. Meaning, and and mostly it was anti-Shanahan, anti-taking the ball first. It was like, well, any idiot would know. It's like these are professional analysts saying that aren't analytics people. So if they can be, if I'm saying something like, you know, sex is spelled S-E-E-X. You think it's S-E-X? Like you're an idiot. It's like, how dumb am I, and how how much can I trust that person ever again if they're going to be sanctimonious about something they're, they're playing wrong about? And they're all saying the same thing. Well, why you can't worry about the third possession? You just you got to focus on the first two because you don't even know if there's going to be a third. That's possession. called probabilistic thinking. Yeah, and and but to use an example of how that's faulty, you see this all the time. A team has the ball and they're down like uh, five points. All right, and they're in the red zone and there's two minutes to play. 
and the analysts will say, and they're playing against Mahomes, like, you got to be sure to get that touchdown. You, I mean, you can't slow down there. You can't disrupt your offense. It's like, no, of course you slow down. You've got to, I mean, I know it's less likely you score the touchdown, but you have a better chance of winning the but game. You brought, up the, you brought up the Mahomes factor in this. And here's where I'm, I'm wondering, because we've, Bill Belichick famously did not want to give the ball back to Peyton Manning and went mm-hmm. for it in his own territory in overtime, right? Knowing that, or, oh, it or late, in the, game, over, late yeah. in the game, knowing that, hey. It was if, fourth and two. Yeah. They got a first down, the game was over. Exactly. But was, he didn't want to give the ball to Peyton Manning, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback on the other side, do you want to give him four downs Every every drive, well, no, every I, drive. Well, no, but well, but I'm, but if you if you take the ball first, mm-hmm. whatever you do, the only way it's not going to be four downs for 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 Mahomes is if you don't score. But now or, I'm giving, or a field goal. But but Scott, but now, they still have to go for it on fourth down to get in the field goal range. But but they're going to have to they're going to have to drive down. But to there, get the field there's goal a range. scenario that the second team would kick a field goal to tie the game. Sure, but okay. they have to get in the field goal range yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Which means that if four you stop before that, yeah, it's exactly. You're giving Mahomes four downs to get a first down I, every Scott, time. Scott, I would argue though the flip side is I'm giving him seven downs if I give him the ball first because now if I get if I get screwed and get hit with this t- field goal field goal permutation, for instance, like it, like it, we're saying this is such a slam dunk. Mahomes is going to drive down and probably get a touchdown. Now he only needs a field goal to be. Think about how how stupid you would look. Oh my God, you deferred and you let Mahomes have the ball third, and you're now you're dead. But the theory is the team that gets the ball second is going to go for two if it is a touchdown. If it's touchdown, yes. yes. Yeah. But, See, but that and that's my thing. It's like, I mean, how many times have you referred to Patrick Mahomes as God? Yes. And now you're yeah, giving but, him. But now but, you're giving him four hold, downs. Hold on, let let me say score. one thing. Let me say one thing. The second half of the Baltimore game, mm-hmm. in the first half of this game, there were 17 straight drives that Kansas City didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. There, <laughs> so to say he was favored to get a touchdown, even with four downs, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a leap of faith. By the but way, when I, he did have four downs to accomplish something, the final drive of the game and the drive in overtime, what did they do? Touchdown, touchdown. Quite, quite, right? Or field goal, touchdown. Quite a question. So let's say Kansas City had gotten into the red zone and they had a fourth and six from the 20-yard line. What should Kansas City have they done? They certainly should have kicked an extra point I, or, or kicked the field goal, I think. But, the, but I, think I would so agree too. with you. I would agree with you. Wherever that decision would typically be, you got to be a lot more aggressive because them having the ball first in sudden death is a big disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. so I was, I was arguing with two of the smartest guys on Twitter, so Matt Devido and and, and Elihu Feistel. You were arguing? Yeah. I can't imagine that. And they, they were saying on fourth and seven that these guys should be should be going for it. I said, you're, I said, you're, you're smoking crack. Fourth and seven. But they think seven. you should go for it even without that on fourth and five probably. I so. mean, if, I, yeah. I, but but you're, the, the, incrementally, I think you, you maybe – if you normally would go for it fourth and three, mm-hmm. you go for it fourth and five. Maybe you go for it like with a 10% less chance of making it, something like that. So can, can you look up the distribution of fourth and whatever, how often it's made? Because to me, that's what's interesting. Is where that line would be. I think it'd be more than two yards. I think, I think of additional aggression. Like 50, it's like fourth and three, like 50-50, You yeah, think? I don't know. I think they're. I think. I mean, and here's the thing: what a two-point conversion is what two yards, right? Yes, and that's 50-50, But it's hard. But, but it's harder because you have yeah. the cap on the that's back. That's why I went fourth and three. All right. So what this and this is data going back to 2013. That's good numbers. Actually. So what do you? Uh, what what uh, yards? Just kind of read read each of All the right, main so ones. So one one yard is 65.5 percent. Uh-huh. Two yards, 57.2. Three, 47.4. All right, so right there, we're under 50%, which makes sense because it's a yard longer. Okay. Four is 46.4. So hardly a drop. Yep. Five is 44.1. 
Mm-hmm. Six, 43.1. Seven, 43. So six or seven yards doesn't make So think about that. Going from two yards to three yards drops you 10%, and then you only drop 4%. On the next That's one, two, three, four yards. Yeah. And now from seven to eight, you drop from 43% to 39.4%. Uh-huh. Eight to nine, you go from 39.4 to 29.6. And, obvious, and then you drop off further. Obviously, yeah. if you kick the field goal, it's no guarantee you make the field goal. But yeah. if you kick the field goal, you go to sudden death. You're still going to win, what, 43% of the time? Something like that? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the exact No, no, is. I hear you. This is, listen, so this, if you're going to make the fourth down less than 43%, then take your shot at overtime. This yeah. is what I would tell you to do is don't judge people. Like, Scott, you initially thought you want the ball second, right? Mm-hmm. I disagree with that, but you weren't saying anyone that thinks otherwise is an idiot. No, right? I, I'm we, not saying was, anyone that thinks no, we otherwise were, we is ha- an we idiot. We had healthy debates about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is don't judge so much on did people get their answer right to start with. Judge on how adamant they were they were right. <laughs> because that tells you something about the way and they Scott think. might be right. He and might his gut might be. He might I don't say, think he's right. I don't I've, think he's right either. But he. But, the, but I don't I'm, think but, he could be actually. Uh, but but, but I'm at just, this point. But I'm just saying within the universe of of like Mahomes and the special circumstances, it's it's not like I wouldn't bet my life that he's wrong. Okay, See, I, I think, think he's wrong. I, I've changed my stance a little bit because of the idea when when I heard Kyle Shanahan speak and and John Lynch who defended Kyle Shanahan but he was saying the defense was on the field for an 11 play drive just before that and he wanted to give the defense time so now I think now I'm thinking about that okay you do want to give your defense time to rest so you take the ball first I I have come down to the egregious mistake was not running the ball on third down and four in, at the nine yard line, because the theory is you're going to go for it, go for it on fourth down. But but now we're back to the X's and O's, and we we're like like we we're not trained like what what alignment the defense is in. I'm sure, Jesus, but I, it's like you've grown up finally yeah, on this but, stuff. But Fez, my, I've been my, screaming my, about this. Like, but my my point is, I love it. My my point is, if the 49ers had the football first and they got down to the nine yard line, settling for a field goal was a big mistake. Unless well, it was fourth and nine. But it wasn't. And that's and that's the ultimate point yeah. is where is that threshold line? And to be clear about what I meant is you used to have like bite into these kind of debates other than the abstract part which we're dealing with here mm-hmm. and say he should have kicked it, he should have and now you're finally seeing, you know, there's maybe some stuff I don't know. Older and wiser. Well that, right? I do think I mean it's weird how getting wise means thinking you know less, because that's what I yeah. found is, you know, when you're young. But here's my last question. Everyone's kind of getting out what they want to get out. But I don't. I think we're 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 not. There's a truth staring us in the face that we're not acknowledging. Steve, you got some hypothetical that doesn't exist. There's no offense so great. Yes. That that that. I agree with that. So, so now what we're saying is that yeah, the better the offenses is, going first has a slightly less advantage. The advantage diminishes going first, but it's still an advantage. We know if the defense is tired, it makes the advantage even bigger. Yep. Right? And we know the fact that – oh, what was my middle point? I, I'm having a mental block. Uh, defense is tired. It's 7-7 that they might kick the extra point. They might screw oh, up. Oh, there's a chance the other team might screw up, right, and not go for two if they score the second touchdown. So all of that, it's either – it's 50.4% advantage – for taking the ball or greater based on these things. It's overwhelming. So why? W- what is the case again for going second? There is not. Now you might say it's just it, knowing what you have to get. 
and having four downs. No, I understand yeah. the advantages of going second, are, are, but I'm are, saying are, are, the net advantage. RJ is basically saying that if you multiply the, the advantages greater, obviously if it goes to a third overtime, then going second – because I'm talking about knowing what you need. You kick a field goal, you win the game. Um, so you don't even have to take any risk once you get into field goal range. So even though it's less likely there'll be a third possession, the advantage in the third possession is so much higher that the two almost offset, but they don't completely offset. It's better to have the, the possibility of third possession. And I'm not even critiquing how that trade – remember, that's the way we framed it right after the game. We said, on one hand, you get the knowledge in the second mm-hmm. possession. On the other hand, you have the chance of the third possession. That, I think, was clear, the two main factors. They've computer-modeled this. But, so well, so we know mm-hmm. the answer to that, which is all things equal, it's 50.4 to taking the ball. So now – but every other factor says it's either no effect or an advantage to taking the ball. Yes. And, and one conclusion on the college side, bold prediction, 10 years from now, it will become commonplace. Touchdown, touchdown, they will go for two. <sighs> See, I wonder about that one. It might take 20 years. I think, I think in, in double overtime. Because uh, now with tri- the new triple overtime rules where it's just a two-point conversion back and forth, I think... No, no, no double overtime, that. there's no edge to do it. Because oh, because you be, have to go for two. Be, because yeah. because triple overtime, there's no edge to go first or second. So wait, they're saying that the, the, these overtimes are taking too long? Yeah, college overtime has changed. The third overtime is just two-point conversions back and forth. Oh, my God. It's but like penalty still, kicks. But, but, yeah. But, yeah, but you still have you still have a big edge being on defense in the second overtime because you know what you need. If, the, if, 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 if By example, if you score a touchdown, uh-huh. I'm probably not going to kick a field goal. <laughs> See, I, I, liked, I liked where at a certain point they forced you to go for two. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Are they doing that in the second overtime? Yeah, yeah it's like a shootout in soccer. Uh-huh. In the third over, third overtime, right? Third. No, the second overtime you have to go for two. Third overtime, it's just two-point conversions. Oh, the second overtime, both teams have to go for two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me think about this. So it's still an advantage, big-time advantage, to play defense in the second overtime because you know you can still kick a field goal in the second overtime, so you know mm-hmm. the defense knows exactly what they need. Yes. Why is it that every sport, any competition moves away from, like, the like baseball, you know, like now they put a runner on second. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like chess. Even when there's a tied world championship, they play a speed round. To, to, yeah. I, I mean, are we that much in a hurry? Yes. For To yes. what end? To what end? You're the one that says I'm always looking at the clock. So the, the U- <laughs> but but yeah. to what end is what I'm saying. <laughs> so the UFL announced some of their rules. Right? Uh-huh. And, and we're talking about spring football, the new United Football League, which is the XFL and USFL mm-hmm. merged together. The overtime rule is alternating one play from the five-yard line in a best-of-three shootout style. So it's like penalty kicks. Yes. So uh, so you it's like so each, not football. Each team each team gets a play from the five-yard line to try and score, and it's best-of-three. So you get three chances to score. And, and if, they, if they're still tied, if then, they tied then, 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 I, then they keep going. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah. I think what would be good is the next day you play another game. How many <laughs> points does the, how many points do these count? Two? They those count as two? Because we we could get like imagine it's ten ten and in the US in the United Football League final score twenty six twenty four and ten overtimes. Well the college if anything, this diminishes the over effect of overtime. Yeah, and right? that really was a problem that you could have a you could have a seventeen seventeen college game that went over thirty, you know, went over forty eight, you know, it's just But statistically easily. if you force them to go for two it's going to end half the time. Yeah. Right. It's two so, points for, per score. Overtime will consist of alternating attempts from the opponent's five yard line. Each team will have three attempts, two points per score, until a winner is decided. But you, since it's from the five, it's probably not going to be like super. There's probably only going to be one success. 
Are you going to get the key number chart out for us for the? I, I like. <laughs> there that. are one point plays and three point plays. All right. Yes. This sounds like an SOVAM topic. <laughs> By the way, Friday morning when this, this is coming out, SOVAM with Fez is there. You can hear that kind of sparkling conversation. No RJ today. Some are cheering, some are booing. But I'm here. <laughs> you know, I've never seen Waterboy. Really? It just dawned on me. And I saw, I watched a clip with uh, Carl Weather. Um, the dude you liked, uh, he, Apollo Creed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he was he wasn't he in was, Waterboy. He, no, he was, was Happy in, Gilmore. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of the wrong one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Happy Gilmore was better than Waterboy. Yeah, you think? Happy Gilmore's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so happy Waterboy Gilmore. was good though. Yeah, you know it's funny. I rebelled against those comedies and sports I, comedies. Well, I no, not sp- no. I like sports comedies a lot. I I thought um. What was that? Well, Major League was yeah. awesome. I love oh, Major yeah, League, Major right? Leagues. Except for the third one. Yeah, uh, but I I also liked um the dude who did Airplane and then he did uh, what was he doing? He Leslie was a co- Nielsen. Yes, I liked his stuff. Oh, when, he was, when he was the umpire, that was one of the greatest yeah. scenes where he he's when no Reggie sh- Jackson had to kill he's, the he's, queen. He's out of his element, right? And the pitch comes in, everyone's glaring, him and he goes, "Strike." <laughs> and all cheers. right, all right, strike. Yep. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. More straight out of Vegas AM talk. Okay, now, we're in between the NFL seasons, and we really make the effort to keep the show interesting because I believe, and Fez, this is something I think you've come around to, and I have too, the more you stay engaged with the NFL throughout the offseason, one, there's a lot of bets to make, but two, it, it, it makes it so the season goes a lot smoother. I mean, you understand it at a, at a greater depth. Yeah, there's an, and it gives you perspective for when you, when you just live and breathe how the numbers are. It's so it becomes so much easier to say, well, of course I know Baltimore opened eleven, you know, for the season wins, and just you're locked in on what the the perceived power rating is on all the teams throughout the year. And plus, I, I think it's a situation too where you get a chance to do some study. It's hard during the week of the season to do anything except the basics, right? You, If you're coming up with something innovative, you do it in the offseason. Yeah, if you're going to look at what teams are really good in the quarters and the halves, you can try to do it during the regular season, but it's great to like do that analysis you know, during the offseason. One of the things we do during the offseason is this every show. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good Old Blossom. Old Blossom. She sticks with you. <laughs> All right, so I got a best bet. Scott has a best bet. And Fez has a best bet. Scott's been taking the initiative. I'm going to let him go first. All right, so the NBA All-Star festivities get underway tonight. Uh, I know. Right, so all- tonight, as in we're taping Thursday night? Oh, uh, so Friday night. Uh-huh. So Friday okay. night. Well, by the time you're listening to this podcast, it will be tonight. But then mm-hmm. people might listen on Saturday. In that case, uh, tell us what the weather's like this weekend. Continue, please. So... <laughs> the first event up on the schedule for NBA All-Star Weekend this Friday night is the Rising Stars Challenge. Now, the Rising Stars Hold Challenge. Hold on a second. Did you make your bet against Fez? Oh, we're going Dallas under 11. Ooh. All right. Okay. I think you're right. All right. So, Rising Stars Challenge tonight in the NBA, uh, Friday night in the NBA. Here's the format. There's four teams. It's like a mini tournament. So team one plays team two. They play to a target score of 40. And then the two winners, team three and four play. And then the two winners play each other to a target score of 25. 
Very short, very entertaining. Why? Well, hey, we got to make sure it's less yeah. than a full game because, you know, we don't want to have a game breakout. But he- <laughs> now here's what's interesting. Of the four teams, three of them consist of NBA first and second year star players. For example, Victor Wembanyama. So like the freshman, sophomore game. Yes. But the fourth team, RJ, is comprised of G League players. A oh. G League all-star team. Okay, now you're you're thinking they're going to be motivated? No, oh. I am. Fi- I am taking the team, Team Pal Gasol, to win the Rising Stars Challenge at plus one twenty odds because their first game is against the G League players. Okay, so you figure they advance automatically? Exactly. Yes, and then 50-50 yeah. shot in the championship should be minus one ten both ways. I got to tell you something. I love this. Here's another reason: the Europeans are used. To playing tournaments and strange different draw, like they they're all, they've been playing these since they were kids, and AAU's not like that. And, and look, I, but I think it lends itself yeah. to, to to that kind of format. And here's who we got on Team Palgasol: Victor Wembenyama. That's Who's all I need surging. to know. He's been I got the rookie of the year, the big man going up against a bunch of G League bums. Come on. Is there a line on the first matchup? No, I haven't seen it yet. It might come out you so know, later on. what's the odds on. on the other teams? So Team Pau Gasol is plus 120. They're the favorites to win it. They play their first game against the G League team. And then the other two teams. G League team's like plus 850. It's plus 850. They're the least favorite. Can, then, I, can I say no to that? <laughs> no. You and can't then the two there. middle teams, uh, Team Tamika, Tamika Catchins is the coach, is plus 240. And Team Jalen, Jalen Rose wait, wait. is the coach. There's a lady who's the coach? Tamika yeah. Catchins. W. I want to fade that. All right. Now, who, who, who is she a coach for? She has on her team, it's Paolo Boncaro, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Keegan Murray, Scoot Henderson. So you're saying one of the two that could be playing, we might have a lady, we might have G-leaguers and a lady coach. Could be, yeah. A WNBA coach and a G-league coach, yeah. This remember, might be the best bet of the year. Remember, remember Becky Hammond, though, coached the Spurs, but Becky Hammond's a great coach. And no, she's, she's not. Back. She's not. She's she's, she might be a great lady coach. Who's she a head coach for now? The Aces. The Aces. Back so to back champs. that's not in the NBA, is it? Yeah, but she coached the Spurs in, uh-huh. in the, help me out, Scott, in the Summer League, and yep. they won the championship. Great. But what I'm saying is no one's hired her. The right? Aces did. No, no one in the NBA has hired her. Yeah. Right. What I'm saying is maybe that's um, chauvinism, mm-hmm. right? But it seems hard. First off, here's why you know she's not going to be as good a coach. The players aren't going to look at her the same way. They just can't. You can't get past. She, I think she caught a break because she was an assistant coach for the Spurs, and so because um, the head coach liked her so much that she she, the, she hasn't caught a break because everyone that's been an assistant for the Spurs has a job as a head coach yeah. now, except, yeah, except her. her. And I'm not saying any of this is fair. What I'm saying is it's reality. Well, it's a great landing spot at the Aces. That I think it's just, awesome. Yeah. But she's got the best team. They've won back to back championships. She's yeah. great. Yeah. But again, maybe a guy coach with the ladies would be at a disadvantage. I'm not talking about IQ. I'm talking about what is a coach, a, a leader mm-hmm. of men. It's kind of hard in a very athletic con- – I mean, does anyone even debate this? Is this even – I mean, I know you no, guys are scared of the no, topic. She, she was always the name that everyone brought up that said if there was ever going to be a female head coach mm-hmm. in the NBA, Becky Hammond was the one because she was on Popovich's staff mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. She coached in the summer league, and it was like she's and, the and, logical and she's, choice. She, and she's like only 5'7", and she played for Colorado State, and she actually became – a WNBA star with very limited talent, but but like like all effort and and high 
basketball. And that sounds like all good reasons she's a good WNBA coach. Someone said the best. And let me, I I have no doubt. I'll tell you this in 1992, I was playing a lot of basketball and women's basketball in at the college level back then wasn't near as good as it is now. It is so much better now, mm-hmm. right? I was playing what like with I've said this a few times over the years. I was playing with two division 3 guys that were, you know, we were playing twos all the time. Two division 3 guys and a guy that was better than that and it was always the better guy in me, right? I was yeah. the worst of the four, but we played hundreds and hundreds of hours over, you know, a year or two. I went out to Kansas. Kansas State didn't have a, necessarily a great women's team at this time. And I scrimmaged with them. It was like I was a child. I mean, like these, these women at, in 1992 at Big 12 level were, as good, were probably almost as good as the guy that was like my teammate. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten so much better. Yeah. So I'm not in any way diminishing how great they are as athletes. And it's just as rare in a way to be a great woman's player as a great man's player. So, I mean, if you're at the top, of, but there is, it's the old John McEnroe, Serena Williams, where it was always like, you think she'd be top 10? And McEnroe was like, no, actually, I think this guy smoking the cigarette that was 167 would beat her right now. And it doesn't mean Serena's not the best woman's player of all time, but... That's reality. Well, I'm glad you bring this up because it brings me to a second best bet okay. that I have. There's going to be a special three-point contest on Saturday night between Stephen Curry and Sabrina Ionescu. Mm-hmm. So it's like a battle of the sexes. Okay. We have the, I like the, it. We have the WNBA star. We have the NBA star. They're all playing one-on-one. No, it's a three-point contest. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, Are Ste- they shooting from the same line? Same line. Okay. Ste- not, the, not the same ball. Steph by oh. Steph by the way is minus two twenty. Sabrina is plus one sixty. But that's not the bet I'm going with. I'm going with. What the, are you thinking of the balls and the woman? Oh, she's shown that she she can she makes the shots from NBA range. But what I'm saying is the ball is smaller. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. She'll still she'll make her fair share. She'll have over twenty points. Well, I think the round. smaller ball helps her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, she's gonna. I just think a lot great. of people. I think a lot of people is gonna bet Steph. Of course, I would take a shot at Sabrina with the plus money. To be honest with you. But here's the bet that I like. Okay, okay. Over 45.5 for the total combined score for the two of them. He thinks loose rims. I think the NBA wants this to be oh, a show. Oh, this can't smart. show up. This is I think they want, they, want yeah, this to, they want this to be a show. They don't want her to be embarrassed. And they want both them. They're both the two greatest shooters in their respective leagues. And they hit the, the – the, there's extra points they get for the deep shots – and I think both of them are so good at these deep shots that they're going to get those points, which count for more. So I think both of them combined go over 45.5. First of all, I love this analysis. So let's start with the following. What is the mo- where's the money, not the betting money, but the money for the NBA? And it's this is all about wanting WNBA and the women to be a fan, to be supportive. So you want the woman to look good, right? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right, so Fez, I got to tell you, I think as we've dug into these numbers and we actually stopped recording for a minute to get everything in front of us. Yeah, so the format you asked me before the stop before yeah. we stop. So the format's the same as the traditional three-point contest in both leagues where you have the uh four regular racks of regular balls with a money ball. The fifth rack is all money balls. So and you have 70 seconds to shoot as many of the 25 there, plus two deep-range shots. So you have 27 total shots. All right, so now what's nice is, except for one exception, the WNBA and their three-point contest is the same as the NBA. The only difference is they do shoot from a foot 
closer yes. in the WNBA. But she's now announced that for this contest, they gave her the option. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this but because we're going to go pro her on this. But she's going to choose to shoot longer, even though she's not getting any extra points for it. Yeah, she says she's going to shoot from the NBA range because that's where she practices from. Mm. And that's where she's well, comfortable Did she shoot from the from. NBA during when she won the contest? I'll have w- to go look to see I'm how far her feet no. were behind the I'm line. I'm guessing no. But Fez, the numbers that jumped out at us was the over-under for her score is 20 and a half. The over-under for Curry is 25 25 and a half, I'm not sure which. And we're thinking the minus one eight, or I guess it's minus two twenty. Minus two twenty. It that's not we think that this is this this twenty and a half is too low. We do. And the reason being is that we took a look and Scott researched and pulled up on RJ's direction the how did Curry do the last four um times he participated? Or since two thousand fifteen when he modern kinda, era. Yeah. And it turns out he's had eight trials, and in those eight trials, he's eight no to over twenty and a half. So because of that, I've got a high confidence level that Curry is indeed gonna go over twenty and a half. And you know what? If he goes over 20 and a half, you're like, well, wait a minute. His number is 25 and a half, not 20 and a half. But that's Sabrina's number. So as long as he goes over 20 and a half, you cannot lose both. But you certainly can win both. And when we say both, what we mean is we would bet over. And I'm sorry, what's her name? Sabrina Yanescu. Sabrina. We would go over her 20 and a half. Yes. And we would bet Curry at minus 220 to win between them. Right. So if Sabrina stinks, we go one and one. And we, we get our money the, back. Yeah, exactly. We don't. We don't lose any big. Because we, okay. no, we, we can. We, we can weight the bets accordingly. Yeah, well, we lose the minus one ten on Sabrina. Okay. Yes, and we win our minus two twenty bet. But if Sabrina outperforms and she's and she makes twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Now think about this. Or twenty four. Now we're favored to win our minus two twenty bet, and we win our Sabrina bet. Yeah. So now weight wise, we'd make it so it. Now personally, I'm going to weight this so. I might even make it a full bet on her over. I think by far the better bet is her over. So personally, let's say you're betting a dime just to keep it round numbers, is I would say potentially I'd bet a dime on her over and then two dimes on each side. So now have three dimes on her over. Like some variation where I'm putting a lot more on the hedge, right, because you can only lose a little VIG there like or, or the VIG. And, and it won't be exactly 110 VIG in both cases, but – so you would wait it though that your your cash is about the same, right? Uh, if I waited that the cash was the same, I would bet like sixteen fifty to win fifteen hundred on Sabrina over. Okay, and I bet twenty two hundred to win one thousand on Curry to win. Okay. That way, each 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 one has like a three thousand dollars swing. Okay. That would be an equal weighting of the two bets. All right, and but let's say you split out, and then what's your result in that case? Okay, so if Curry wins, I. Um, let me see. But if I scoop, obviously I win twenty five hundred. I like that one. Okay. If um, if Curry wins, but Sabrina does poorly, I lose six fifty. All right. And if by some miracle, well, really, the, the, the oh, I'm sorry. The other way is I'm, I'm sorry. Take I'm your time. Thinking, take I'm your just, time. I'm just thinking about this. So if if Curry, we're, we're making the sausage live. If mm-hmm. Curry loses, you're going to lose the twenty two hundred, but Sabrina's going to win almost for sure. Mm-hmm. The over twenty half, and you'll lose seven hundred. So yeah. you either lose six fifty, you lose seven hundred, or you scoop and you win twenty five hundred. And I guess by some miracle, if the sun doesn't come up tomorrow and Curry somehow shoots under twenty and a half, and 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 she wins nineteen I mean, eighteen, if she, if she yeah. wins nineteen eighteen, yeah. 
it would be like it would be a miraculous result, like a three percent chance you get scooped. I mean, just think about it. You have a whole rack of money balls. The odds that the shoot. Well, we don't even yeah. have to think about that. Yeah. We know his numbers. Yes, we know it's his the numbers. Same yes. contest. Yes. That's yeah, the, the fact. Yeah. Like, if you told me Sabrina's going to score nineteen or twenty, then all of a sudden Steph's going to become like a minus like fifteen hundred favorite. Now you, I may- think she's going to do a lot better. Yeah, I really do. I think that. There might be some soft nets. There might be oh yeah, uh, soft yeah. nets. The, the, what would the nets? So, uh, soft curve. rims. I think I think I think the rim could be. I think the rim. <laughs> I think the rims could be maybe like a a, a millimeter or two widened. Well, like yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I just think the NBA wants this to be a show. Well, listen, Curry wouldn't do this if he didn't feel like he was ready for it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you can be embarrassed in these things. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm not saying just losing to a woman. I'm saying so. And she doesn't want to be embarrassed. No, I. And listen, they own the WNBA. Yeah. Right, the NBA owns yeah. it. So to me, I think the best bet—if you could only bet one—I think her number over, over is the, the best. I agree with that. Right, but I—I I think you can get a hedge out here, and get, and that's the beauty. Now, let's think about this a second, though. Mathematically, is we could bet more. Uh, hmm. Which so, bet do you like better? Do you? Like I like one? her over. If you like her over better, then you probably should just bet. Th- you should bet her. To win two thousand, you should bet two thousand to win twenty two hundred on her, and you should bet twenty two on her over, and you should bet twenty two hundred to win a thousand. Right. So in that case, the downside, if it splits uh, where she goes under, is a thousand or so. You'll lose twelve hundred. Twelve. Okay. All right. I I like that generally. Mm -hmm. If you scoop, you win three thousand. Yeah. Now my question is, if you're in a state that you you can't get to a state that that has that has that bet, Mm -hmm. her over, would you play VPN? Would you would you play the combined over forty five and a half? Yeah, because I think her number's too low to start, yeah. and I also think that the the whole idea about advantageous conditions is exactly because right. if we think about it, if we think that she's going to get twenty one, we're really asking Steph to get twenty six. Not even we're asking Steph to get twenty five. I, I think her number's too low, and Steph's number's correct. So if I can't get yeah. at her, I'll, I certainly could play the aggregate. Steph's number, number might be a little high, and I think Maybe that's where low, part. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, right. I'm just saying, if you're in a state that doesn't have no, it, I you know, one I think of your we're books doesn't scoop, have it. Twenty four, twenty two. I mean, last thing on this: if you think about it, if we assume her number's right, right, is she's going to go over it half the time. Mm-hmm. Right. If she goes over it half the time, you already got your one half covered. Now the question is amongst that 50 percent, but let's call it 60 percent amongst that 60 percent, because I think that number is low. Maybe it's 55, but let's say 60 for a second. How often is Curry going to beat her? And the theory is, well, at 21, he's going to beat her almost always. Right. At 22, you know, but. He's going to beat her half the time if she gets to twenty five. I think there's a sixty. Right? Per, I think there's a sixty percent chance he that she's going to make twenty one to twenty four, where he's still a prohibitive favorite. And there's like a forty percent chance that it's going to be like a coin flip then. Yeah. So I mean, I think mathematically, this is like if this was a bet we could make with certainty, meaning we don't have any question about the you know any of this. This would be one of the better bet. I mean, what's the ROI on this bet? I mean, we can't figure it out. You know, you could estimate, but I mean, it's got to be twenty percent if not nah, more. Nah, not that high. Because really? Yeah, because we're laying minus 220. It's hard to have high ROIs when you start laying minus 220s. Yeah. Well, I wish it was a spread on it. Yeah. <laughs> we could lay like four and a half points. Right. All right, Scott, I got to tell you, that was inspirational. All right. You brought something good to the table. Let's go. Fez, what is your best bet? All right, I'm going NBA All-Star Game on Sunday. I'm going to go over the 363 and a half. I just Who would have thought this? Yes. I, you know, uh, this is an example. So it's, this has the same, that that goofy, or well, not goofy, that funky rule? At no, the they've no, done away with the That's my handicap. So last, what? So last mm-hmm. year, last year they scored 191 in the first half. 
Well, that's on pace for 382. But they only wound up with 359. Why? Because of the funky f- team that whatever teams they had, they need target 20 score. Target score. They need 24 more points to win. Well, they did away with that rule. And so I still think they're pricing this based upon the baseline of last year's 359, which was way too low because the fourth quarter obviously was just um, a much lower scoring quarter. I think Where it did this six- open up at? Um, oh, has it moved? It, now, this is the bizarre thing. There is a coastal divide on this game. All of the East Coast shops are dealing 362.5 to 363.5. All of the Vegas shops are dealing anywhere from 365.5 to 367.5. Oh, see, I got to be honest with you. When I heard you say there's a divide, I would have thought for sure the East Coast has a more modern view of things. I think they're more adept. I mean, let's think about it. Circa is like the only book in town that really wants to put anything up like that's different. And and Circa had 368 for a while. All right. Okay. So which it, 362 and a half at DraftKings. If you if I would have asked you beforehand, I'm saying, all right, Fez, the number's not out yet. You can put a buy order in, and if it's below that number, we'll buy it. But if you had to pick, you think you'll get the best number on the East or the West, or you know DraftKings, et cetera, or the Vegas books? What would you have said? Vegas. You thought you would have got the better number, yeah. But in truth, it's not the better number. That's okay. Right. And and one thing did, and I don't have the data, so it's anecdotal. But everybody bets this All Star game over. So it bet always, it early is what you're it, saying. More, there have been more overs than unders. The number always inflates. Vegas is at three sixty seven, and the East Coast is at three sixty three. You got to go over. All right, this has been awesome. It's gone long, so I'm going to make mine simple. Kawhi Leonard to win the MVP, fifty to one is available, and I think it's a situation where there's going to be Joker fatigue, and Bead is going to be disqualified. Hopefully, he'll come back for the year, but you know, but after what they say a month. But either way, as you look at the list, Kawhi is a big number, but there's not that many people ahead of him. And I think if he surges— And it looks like he'll get the 65 games required to, mm-hmm. to, to qualify. Yeah, If yep. he surges, I think it, it, it has a hell— I mean, listen, what are the odds, 4%? Well, if I can get 50-1 to 1 on 4%, mm-hmm. I'll take it. That's my best bet. I think Scott gets the gold star for that very creative idea. And we'll be back next week. And uh, Fez, take us out. Hey! Hey! Be careful out there. This is going to be a good off season.